we have been asking lately our listeners, hey, uh, do you have 10 movies that you want uh, us to talk about that you like? And uh, we've had quite a few people send us some. Yes. Now, does that trend continue this week? It does continue. It does. Blah, 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 blah. everyone. This is Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. Hi, I'm Ian Boothby. And welcome to the show. Uh, Ian, Yes, sir. thanks for coming by. I think I've done this a million times in the past. So What's, my, what, what's that? What my little done? joke that you're a guest on the show and I'm welcoming you oh, to sure, it. Oh, sure, sure. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a hilarious... It's how you get away without paying me. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, if I worked for the company, I, I'd mm. have to... I'd be getting some, uh, you know, yeah, benefits by benefits. now. Benefits, yeah. We have uh, full medical mm-hmm. and also full dental mm-hmm. and full frontal. Mm. Yeah. Okay, very good. Either way, you're going to get that cavity filled. <laughs> that's how it goes. And that's the first joke of the show. Didn't what, like it? Was it? Time to bail now. <laughs> Please. I wish I could. Can't. Because I'm, I'm a guest. Said it. You said That'd it. That'd be rude for that's me as a guest. It would be rude for you to leave as a guest. Yeah, you I also... Uh, I to the show uh, today. You know, I also brought something for the potluck, you know. Did you? A guest, yeah. Yeah, nice. What did you bring down I brought, uh, uh, well, it's, uh, you know, a tribute to past uh, Jell-O-themed guests. Okay. I was... uh, I've uh, I've uh, brought a ham sandwich. Oh. Because uh, okay. I had some of those Jell-O things and uh, no. So here's a ham sandwich. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for that. Unfortunately, I put it in some Jell-O. <laughs> You're gonna have to eat your way <laughs> eat into it. Eat my way to the ham. I apologize. Eat to the lime jello, to the ham sandwich in the center. Dave, I want to run an ethical dilemma by ethical you that I, that I ran into today. Okay. 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 Oh, by the way, I'm uh, incredibly. Uh, uh, I, I got a cold. Uh, my sleep schedule's been messed up. Sure. Still a little bit jet lagged. Yep. Shouldn't be, but am. Yep. Uh, many other things, and so I'm very tired. Oh, so <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. All okay. right. So, oh, yeah. and by the way, yeah, I'm David Dedrick. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. Okay, uh, glad to have you here as our guest on the show today. Um, so here's, I was on a Vancouver bus today, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm sitting near the front of the bus, Kay. and there's a uh, a mother Ooh. there, and uh, the I know, gross, Kay. right? No, it's Our not mother's that. the it's grossest. Not it's not that at all. Oh, sorry. I thought like you really had that thing. I know you find no, mo- no. I already, I, find, I know you find mothers gross. I'm already starting to f- picture the dilemma, but go on. No, oh no, no. I bet you aren't. Oh, I okay. I'm betting anything that oh, you're not. Okay. Okay. So anyway, sis, so uh, sis, so mom's there. Yeah. She's got like a child who's maybe like one, and just yeah. has a little cranky. It's good evidence hold, of the hold, evidence that she's a mother holding holding the child. Yeah. And I'm I'm sitting there, and she's got her back sort of to me because she's on the um you know the hey g- give a person up a seat those seats and I'm the one seat like next to that seat who isn't yeah. that seat yeah so she's got her back to me okay. and uh, and I see uh, first of all and also I'm not a hundred percent sure she speaks English because she's not speaking English to the the child okay but you know maybe, she's talking baby talk maybe she adopted a child from other land and yeah. is speaking their language okay. anyway either here nor there sure uh. Anyway, so I look, uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, the kid's looking at me and giving me like, hi, and I'm like, hey, yeah. Wait, look back. Do you think someone's saying Gugu Gaga is uh, another language? Uh, I think someone's saying Radio Gaga is a tribute to an old song. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, so this is, but this is the real bit. Yes. So uh, she's uh, there and at the time of the child trying to soothe the child. Yeah. And, uh, and then I notice there's a big wasp on her back and it's just crawling slowly up her back. Okay. Now I'm like, 
uh, do I? She's busy with a child. Sure. Do I interrupt her no, time no, no. with the child? You slap the mosquito as hard as you can. Or the, the sorry, the wasp as hard as you can to kill it. Well, we'll get into that in a yeah, second. Yeah. So I see it going up her back, and I'm like, do I let her know? And I'm like, I don't think I do mm. because she's not. I don't think she's going to lean back on it. If she's going to lean back on it, I will let her know. Yeah. But I think it would only send her into a bit of a panic. Like there'd, be, there'd be no good that could come no, of this. No. Also, it's weird me just talking to her and just going like, <laughs> hey. Okay. There's a bug on your back. Yeah. Uh, that's like a, uh, that could sting you. But yeah. like, it's yeah. going up her back and it's like, mm, it's kind of disturbing. I should probably mention something, but then I shouldn't. But then, yeah, I can't just go, Phew! like, I could maybe like take something <laughs> and just flick her back, but yeah, then yeah. that would be disturbing. I mean, she sure. might drop the child. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, uh, so what happens is, uh, a guy behind me moves and, uh, gets off the bus and I'm like, oh, I'll just move one seat back and that's not my problem anymore. <laughs> So I guess I'll go one seat back. Because also, I'm about six inches from a wasp. Yeah, yeah. I don't need that in my life. No. So it's gone from me having an ethical dilemma to I'm being a jerk who's just getting uh, distancing myself from the situation. Yeah. Well, uh, some youths uh, who are standing by the door... Uh, they notice. They notice this. Yeah. And they give a little uh, uh, to her and say, "What?" And the wasp flies up and it lands on the uh, the window behind her. Okay. And so uh, she's like, "Oh," and she doesn't seem to care. So it's okay. Now it's everything's yeah, yeah. fine. Everything's fine. But then the one of the youths goes up and uh, punches the wasp. Okay. Just punches like a big hard punch. Yeah. Against the glass. Bam. And it scares the child, and it's weird. Yeah. And then somehow he misses the wasp. Like, yeah. it goes between his fingers. Yeah, yeah. They, they can move. Yeah. Wasps can move. They can. What if they're, like, flies? So it's just now just an angry wasp was yeah. in the bus. And sure. I think my decision was better than, than theirs. Yeah. You were... But should I have said something? Should I say, you got a wasp on your back? Is that a thing to do? Yeah, you, you should have said, uh, you got a wasp on your back and a wasp sitting near you. But you know I'm Catholic. <laughs> oh, that's right. A wasp. Yeah. Uh, and no longer sh- Catholic, actually. To be honest, I'm just a was. <laughs> you you I was. Cat- I was. was uh, yeah. I was Catholic, so now yeah, I'm just a was because right. you take the C away. Sure. Uh, no, I don't think you need. I don't think you needed to move. I think that was a a bridge too far. But I think um, I don't think you're required to to say something unless someone's going to sit on it. I don't see why a wasp is just going to bite someone for no reason. Like normally well, they, they would sting a person. Possibly they bite. Wasps wasp has bite. a stinger. No, they bite. Yeah, but they have a stinger as well. Do they? Yeah, wasp has a stinger. Yes. Oh, I thought they just—I thought they were biters. Uh, they might bite as well, but they have mm. a stinger. Yeah. They have biting wit. Uh, th- no, I would not. I don't know. I just like I don't think a wasp is just going to like randomly sting someone for no reason. Like, I mean, I guess they could, but they feel threatened. They're in a bus. They find that they're in a bus. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, I, I shouldn't be in this bus. Mm. What? That was my stop. Oh no, sting. <laughs> you know, upset. Okay, that could happen. That could happen. Maybe Seth Rogen comes on. They're like, why is Seth Rogen here? Sting. You know, and then is that actually? Does that actually happen? Does Seth, Seth Rogen, Rogen does stuff on buses? Oh, right. You don't take buses. Uh, yes, yeah, I Rogen. do take buses. Okay, occasionally, but uh, well, Seth Rogen. It's no fun taking buses. Seth Rogen right? is now the voice of TransLink, so that's done. They'll do a hey guys, see Seth. Uh, get to the back of the bus is where the party's happening. Woo! No, that kind of stuff. Like, oh, he's having a good that's time. Terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. It's as terrible as my Seth Rogen impression. <laughs> yeah, you got to do more like this. Hey everybody, this is Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah. Okay. One second. Yeah. Let me try that. Okay. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, Seth Rogen, I am. Oh, that's super bad. Anyway, get her back in the bus. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, oui, this is Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. Please step to the back of the bus. Suffering, fuck it, yeah. This is Seth Rogen. Step to the back of the bus. This isn't a lisp. I'm farting. Yeah. 
That was my farting Sylvester character. That was good. That was Thanks. good. Okay, here's, you ever have? Okay, hey, wait, can I, uh, no, it. please. Uh, I was just gonna, just gonna go. Hey, everyone, this is Joe Rogan. Please step to the back of the MMA. Okay, go ahead. There you are. Nice. Yeah. Um, Let's carry it to the. That was the natural conclusion of that. It was the natural bit, conclusion. That Do, bit. Uh, MMA is apparently really bad for you, by the way. Oh, they say because you shouldn't mix your martial arts. Yeah. Is it like uh, it's like you don't mix beer and like yeah, hard don't, liquor? Don't mix uh, don't a mi- punch to the head and a punch <laughs> to the to the taint. Don't mix. Aren't a good don't mix. mix fighting disciplines. Yeah, getting yeah. hurt hurts apparently. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad for you. I yeah. wonder what the best uh, uh, of the fighting sports is for your health. Best of the fighting sports. For yeah, your like health. A, like if you're if you're like say a judo champion. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or your cry champion, sure. or your uh, boxer, mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, uh, what's what's the best one? As in, like you're not you're gonna get hurt the least amount. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's what you're in in it for. But let, I would say tai chi. Yeah, it's not really a fighting one unless you're. Isn't it? Isn't it like based in in martial arts fighting fighting movements? Okay, I guess I'm just being ig- slowed down. I'm being I'm being ignorant because yeah. you know I just see the people doing it slowly in the if, park. And frankly, I think I could take them. Should have come down to it because they ha- they're moving very slowly. They're moving very slowly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. What they're there for is to is to fight uh, bionic men who are moving in slow motion. Oh, yeah. Well, that's interesting. So it's kind of. Yeah, slowly it's, a fu- it's a fine line because if they move Lucille. too slow, then they're going to have birds land on them. Yeah, and once the bird lands on you, <laughs> then it can claim you as its home, and then you have no rights. Okay, because that's the way the liberals want it now. Uh-huh. We all have to be trees for the birds if they choose us. <laughs> thanks, Trudeau. Yeah, thanks, Trudeau. <laughs> Doe. There's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fussing and fighting about NAFTA the last little while. Mm, Did you well, enjoy that? Well, it doesn't. I don't ex- think people paid any attention anymore. to it. There's no more NAFTA. I know it's now gone. it's the AMC or something like that. It's AMC. Uh, yeah, it's now the television network. The, now the, now the NAFTA just shows uh, it just shows like Better Call Saul reruns. Is that what it does? Yeah. Well, and it ruins movies. Should. It like shows you a movie, but then it'll have a commercial for the movie that you're watching, and it'll have a big plot point in it uh, nice. in the middle of it. And it's like, ugh, I, why <laughs> do I have a trade partner with America when they do this? <laughs> but yes, what what was your feelings on oh, NAFTA? It was it sort of funny to me because everyone, everyone, uh, Canadians as well, sure. uh, you know, but you know, we're all so busy paying attention to Trump. Uh-huh. We're also concerned about Trump. Yeah. That I felt like hardly anyone was thinking about NAFTA or the re the renegotiation of NAFTA, right? And it was just kind of happening, and you know. Well, it's the difference between you've got like some creeping black mold in your house, and then next door the house is on fire, and it looks like that fire might reach your house as well. And you should well, deal with the black mold because listen, black mold is very serious. Yes, but it's not as serious as this crazy fire. That's but the crazy next fire door. isn't going to come into your house. I don't. Oh, think, I think it? it could lick over here now. Well, <laughs> if crazy fire burns all the economy, then yeah, yeah it's going to mess you up. Well, that's fine. If it but... screws up the uh, ecology, it's gonna it's gonna mess you up. If you uh, if if it gets you into a fight where there's a nuclear uh, situation that's going to destroy your house. So yeah, there's yeah. possibilities. Crazy fire, but uh, maybe worth your while to think about. You know, but the thing is, that Trump is hopefully he is gone in a few years. Whereas we have to live with the outcome of a trade agreement for many more years after he's gone. This is this is true. Okay, you know. So so you, what is what's your feelings on NAFTA? Because I'm not that hep to 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 the problems. Oh well, with the renegotiation. M- yeah, my feeling my feeling is is that. The liberals did exactly what they shouldn't do, which was to sign the agreement. 
Okay. <laughs> they should. What, what are the op- what are fire. the options? What could you What could you do? Well, because because like NAFTA was not ended as an agreement. What North happened American was American Free Trade Agreement. By the North way, North American everybody. Free Trade Agreement. So okay. the American American Congress gave Trump the the ability to renegotiate NAFTA. Okay. If it was done between the three countries, yes. Canada, Mexico, and America were involved in, in it. Right. Now, do you believe that he understands how NAFTA works? Do you believe he, no. like, Trump gets it? No. no okay, no. I, don't, I don't either. I don't think he generally... He, he doesn't, doesn't understand how tariffs work. He doesn't understand much about economy. But what, no. The way he looks at things is in a is a lose-win. That's correct. That's his way Absolutely. of viewing things. So or at him, least the appearance of lose. Versus, that's right. Yeah. So to him, the fact that... Uh, America compromised in, in NAFTA as one does in a negotiation yeah. was a was a lose for America, and so yeah. he needed to renegotiate a loser treaty. The problem with that attitude, though, is that for Canada, there's it's kind of there's nothing for us to. I mean, obviously, it's nice to have access to the American market. It's a huge market. Yes, it is. But it's also a benefit to the Americans that Canada is part of the American market because we're also a pretty large market for them. Sure. We're a major trading partner with the United States, not just in terms of goods being sold, but also in terms of raw materials and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, Like our uh, sushi. Like, well, you know. That would be one of sushi. our raw materials. I wasn't thinking about it, but it is raw. You're right. Beef tartare. Beef tartare. Supply them with beef tartare <laughs> sure, you're right. from Alberta. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. other raw material. Yep. Our cheerleaders. That's our raw, raw, raw material. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. You're, you're, you're following the rule of threes. I'm I following love it. the rule of ripping off Stan Freeberg sketches oh, from many, many years ago. Oh, man. Yeah. Can we rip off the Fireside Theater then? Absolutely, please. Uh, raw. Raw, raw. Oh, no, okay, sorry. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay, I blew it. I blew it. Did you? No, because someone in the crowd, the principal's talking and he says, someone goes, eat it raw. Someone says, eat it. Yeah, eat it raw. Eat it That's right. Raw, 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 raw. Yeah. Anyway, see that blew it. Anyway, uh, the um, NAFTA. NAFTA. So for can like so Trump had brought in the tariffs against steel and aluminum. Yes. Though, though I I'm not sure those were dropped when we when we signed the agreement. This is a very good question. The we had we had like in Canada we have a different agricultural system than they have in the states. In the states, I have. Pretty much it's a free-for-all. Like, if you want to have chickens, if you want to, you know, have a dairy farm, have at her. If you can make it a success, that's great. The problem is is that it's hard to make it a success, so there's lots of subsidies of farmers in the Mm, States. Yes. And there's also tons of overproduction. Our country is of the sweet land of subsidy, if I remember the old parody. Okay. And so there's overproduction of foods, so lots of food wastage. Yeah. And also subsidies of food wastage. Canada is slightly different. In Canada, we have what's called supply management of our agriculture. And that's kind of like, like if you want to be a dairy farmer, you basically you have to buy a license to be a dairy farmer. Mm-hmm. And most of them, there's a limited number of them. And so you you have to like, if you want to be a dairy farmer, you have to hope that someone doesn't want to be a dairy farmer, that okay. they're retiring, that they're going to sell sell their, their contract or they'll sell their, basically like a medallion, like yeah. a taxi driver. Totally is like a medallion situation. And then you can become part of the dairy uh you know, dairy market, you know, dairy board, whatever, milk marketing board. But what that does is it limits the production of of milk so we don't end up with overproduction. So you have a system that can, you know, that's managed and so there's no need for subsidies because people are making adequate money because there's there's a market for the the product that they're this growing. This feels they're, like a free market situation you're talking about. This seems like exactly what people in America say they want. 
but it's not really a free. I guess it is sort of a free market in a way because yeah, it's not sub. It's not yeah. subsidized. Yeah. So, but of course, Trump promised farmers that he would get into Canada. He would break into the Canadian market. Sure. The thing is, is, is we are already get five hundred million dollars of American dairy products into Canada already. Five hundred million dollars a year's worth of of dairy products. So that's a lot of money already. Uh, so I think we gave up another five percent, five percent of our of our five uh, percent increase in the amount of American dairy products that can come across the border. The problem for Americans wanting to come across the border with their food, though, is that in Canada you're not allowed to have hormones or steroids in your yeah. food. America doesn't have that, so they have to change their. The supposedly they'll have to change how they make grow their food or make their food, how they produce their dairy and stuff like that, because they are not allowed to import into Canada with uh, the other. So that, that's, everything is like that in Canada, whether it's wheat, mm-hmm. beef, eggs, chickens, whatever. They're all controlled uh, through uh, a supply management like supply management system, which Trump wanted to break down. He wanted us to end that system right? because he wanted to have this sort of free, completely free market. Uh-huh. The problem with that is that the American model is not that successful. And Canada can't really afford to subsidize all, all of our farmers the way the United States does. The other but the the reason I thought that Canada should not sign it, like to hold off, was that because Trump's mandate was to have a tripartite, to have all three co- countries involved in the in the treaty negotiations, as he successfully bullied Mexico into into signing, and so his but he didn't he was having trouble bullying Canada, though he tried lots of different ways by insulting you know Prime Minister by insulting yeah. the people negotiating it by putting fake deadlines by nagging us yeah yeah and um and so canada wasn't biting and i wish we hadn't bitten on this last deadline because this last deadline was an important deadline for trump because it was the end it was one thing was they wanted to to ratify it before the government changes in mexico okay and they wanted to ratify it before the mandate ended with congress and it would have been hard for him to go to congress after having said that he was going to renegotiate with two countries with one country Signed, signed up, and the other country not part of it yet. So I felt like we still had, like that we had the upper hand in negotiation because they, they had the, they're the ones with the deadline. Like you can give us a fake deadline, but it's not a real deadline. Yeah. But uh, we ended up signing it, so I didn't like that very much. So disappointed with that. Okay. I am disappointed with that, and I feel like, like originally the conservatives who are the rivals of the liberals in terms of our our kind of multi-party system they're the main rivals of the, the liberals it had been agreed that because this was so important that the that the government would act as one mm-hmm. so the conservatives and liberals wouldn't wouldn't use this as political yeah. you know chaff in order to to you know make make uh, hay with the with with not a lot with, of pounding on the desk and what the right yeah. honorable member exactly explain why a, it's taking so long for stop us being to, an asshole yeah that's right and then but then suddenly the the conservative leader changed tactics and began criticizing oh, the liberals. Come on, over it and making you know and lying about it, saying that uh, saying that he said that American investments in Canada dropped one point nine percent, which was a lie. It had gone up by four point six percent. So you know you can pick and choose your numbers, but overall it's four point six percent. So he's lying, and then he's saying things like, "Oh, if I was in power, I would have signed this a long time huh. ago," which is you know that's like saying if I was in power, we would have. We would join the Iraq War right away, rather than you know being like Kretchen and, and not not jumping into into Iraq with our partner and, and ally, the United States. You know, like so, 
this wasn't a good idea. Yeah. Uh, it was good that we didn't do this. So it just, it just felt, uh, I don't know. But at the same time, I just felt like it was all happening and no one cared. Like, it's a huge thing for Canada. You know, for us, I mean, NAFTA, when NAFTA was signed, it was a big, yes. divisive, controversial thing that what happened. What year was that? Do you remember? Jeez, it was when Mulroney was, was Mulroney, in power. Yeah. yeah. So it would have been mid-80s, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And... And, you know, everyone in Canada was really mad about it because, you know, t- we were giving away sovereignty. We were handing the keys yeah. to, to, you know, free, as soon as you hear free trade, you're thinking it's just like unfettered, unfettered, you know, cr- you know, stuff that's pouring into Canada. You know, we can't control it. Um, you know, and the other thing that the Americans wanted to take away was Article 19, which was a, which was a, which was a, um, dispute resolution, uh, tool that had a third party arbitration. Um, they wanted to get rid of that because Canada's used it so successfully in our disputes <laughs> over lumber because America has been so, such bullies about it. Yeah. And so, you know, every time they go to it, they're like, well, you're just being assholes. So, you know, all right, this? Canada, you know, this business as usual, everyone. And that, you know, of course, that's once again, that's a loss. So you can't have that. So we'll get rid of that. We're going to have Article 20, which will allow for us, like Americans, to, to settle the dispute, but not a, a, a you know a, a neutral third party no we can't have that so yeah it's uh so i just that that one did not get that we still have article 19 so I, yeah it's uh i think i think it's just there's there's no way of like learning about this thing that's like easy to learn i think well but it's not that i mean like it's uh, watch because the news regularly sure. and they, they don't really break that yeah, down what the because problem is. because we're not interested in it like in, in the who's, eight, who's we? Like, Canadians aren't interested in it. Ah, uh, okay. Like we're not, you know, like the news should be for you. It shouldn't be by you. It shouldn't be like, you know, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be something that only is aimed at what you seem to be interested in. Right. You know, okay, we're really interested in what Trump's doing in the States. So we're going to focus on that. We're going to focus on right. his behavior at the UN. We're going to focus on his, you know, we'll talk about NAFTA if he's insulting Christian Freeland, but we're not going to talk about it if it's just a bunch of boring numbers because that's dull. Mm. You know, but really the news is, the news's role is to educate, not, and to inform, not to just pander. And, you know, if you're not talking about something that's so important to Canadians as a, you know, a, a three country trade, you know, deal that's being completely rewritten and has, you know, major lasting impact on, on, on Canada, because you, you know, you just want to talk about what, uh, you know, Mr. Dummy's doing, <laughs> then you're not really helping Canadians. So, yeah, it's a failure on our part. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It would be nice if, uh, the news was able to break things down. A little bit clearer uh, as as to that. I mean, it was in the newspaper and things. That's where I that's where yeah, I get my news. Newspaper. That's where I get my information. <laughs> I know, but you, what paper is that? Is that the province? Uh, Vancouver Sun or the province? Vancouver yeah. Sun or the province? Yeah. Well, the province is a ridiculous paper. That once again, I tried looking at it this morning and just went like, it's nothing. There's nothing in this. This is not worth. It really isn't. It's really not worth a buy. It's like about maybe six pages of news, maybe. Yeah. You know. For like, you know, for what is it? Two dollars? What is it? A buck fifty? Oh, I'm not too sure what I pay as a subscriber, but it's less than less than the cover okay. price. But, but yeah, but you it, get about six pages of news. Then you get uh, uh, you get the jumble, sir. You the get, you jumble, get the jumble. That's right. And the comics. Yeah, you get the comics. That's true. You can. Look I can at find those. out what's going on with Gunther and and uh, Luann. Luann and uh, can't remember the other guy's name. And that uh, get shorty cat or whatever. Get fuzzy. Fuzzy. Get him. Yeah, get fuzzy. Get that guy. Pearls before swine. What's Rex Morgan, MD, doing. No, he's not in there. He's not in there. Okay, Judge Parker. 
There's no, there Mary are no, Worth? there are no soap, soap opera strips. What in the, the fuck is going on? What happened to the soap opera strips? No one likes them anymore. Oh, disagree. Because the pro, the papers, you know, it's, they, you it's can too just, small. It's all heads. That's yeah. the problem. It's all, yeah, it used to be like nice, sexy romance yeah, and yeah. Mary Worth uh, in uh, a bikini, and now uh, <laughs> you, you don't even you don't get any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. No. Uh, no, like the uh, the province, like I remember, like I counted that once. And it was like six pages of news. Yeah, and uh, and 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 I'm being generous there. Mm-hmm. Realistically, five sure. and a half pages. Yeah, and then an editorial uh, by someone who was just like, Ooh. like you just picked the wrong side of this issue to make an editorial. Was it the thing. one today? Yeah, that guy's weird. Uh, it wasn't necessarily today, but oh, it's okay. like you know, you, you, it's probably the same guy. And you look at his picture <laughs> and you go, like, I don't want to be a stereotyper, but yeah, of course you would be on the wrong side of this issue. Fine, and then it's like. Uh, someone angry at whatever the last headline was, and it's, kids are bad. Ooh, I don't like it, and this traffic stinks, and yeah, I don't everything's read, I don't good. Read that and page. It's all that stuff, and then you get to, like almost immediately, it goes to classifieds, and then it, then it goes to entertainment, and it's some gossip shit that means nothing. And there's the TV guide. <laughs> now you've brought me That's over. Good. Now you brought me over to. You can uh, see what movies are on TCM tonight. There you go. Uh, I can do that on TCM. I could just like scan up. Yeah, and, yeah. Take but a look. in the morning, I can look and see what's going to play. Yeah, I can. In the morning, I can scan up. It's like I can just see, and then while I'm I there, no time for that. You're taking an work. extra step. I am not taking, taking an extra an step. Extra step that's I am. Unnecessary. I'm getting all my things in a package. You're, uh, yeah. You're I'm getting DVR my. I'm getting my nosy gossip. I'm getting my nosy gossip. Right, I'm getting my fine. comics. I'm getting my jumble. I'm and, getting my and, TV guide. And then guide. you're looking at your. Uh, get my sports pages in. Then you get all the laughter of uh, of of a comic strip, which my eyes aren't that <laughs> good at the small text anymore. <laughs> then yeah, you're right. Then you get your jumbles. Yeah. Then you get your uh, your crossword. Is it cross wonder wonder words? You got your crossword puzzle. Oh, the word search one. You mean? Yeah. I don't I think really it's do wonder words. Sort of, yeah. Just my grandfather's favorite. And then uh, then you get some car ads, and that mm-hmm. brings you to sports. That's very good. And then that's the end of uh, your paper. Yes, time to recycle it. When I when I when I when I come to the paper in the morning, Lisa always leaves it sports side up. So then I start with the sports, and I I work backwards to the comics. Mm. And if I have time, I'll continue through into the news. Does she? She doesn't read the uh, the front bit, and you read the back bit, and you meet in the middle, like uh, <laughs> Lady in the Tramp style, and then just like kiss. No, you can't read the paper like that. Mm, it's too bad. Be nice, <laughs> good, nice romantic. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm all for the paper. Yeah, I'll admit it's there's I used tons to love of the, I used to love the paper. There's tons of garbage in there, but my feeling about I just think there's not enough. My feeling about the uh, my feeling about the newspaper is it's kind of a community. And so you get people you agree with and people you disagree with. And it's, sure. it's nice to hear different sides of, of things. You know, I'm interested. I, I have a, I mean, I'm critical enough that I can read people and make up my own mind about what they're saying and whether I agree or disagree. You can read people like a Charles Xavier type thing. You can read minds. Is that what you're saying? I can read people's opinions. Oh, you actually Sorry. just read their opinions. Yeah, I'm just reading their opinions. Okay. That's what I'm judging them on. Yes. It would be interesting if Charles Xavier could only read minds but couldn't read. <laughs> You know, he never learned to read because he never he had be? to. Yeah. Why would he need to learn to read? I don't know. He signed a lease on a giant school. Yeah, he read the person's mind who was like, uh, oh, the I guy see. Selling the house so he knew on. he was honest. Oh, so it sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> what black mold? Okay. <laughs> oh, but it's a mutant. Okay, that's fine. Well, I always assume that it's he has a, a mutant named black mold. I always assume he doesn't own that place, but it's, he just has a lease. Oh, I wonder. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's blown up like at least ten times. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know how he keeps releasing that. <laughs> I guess like he, uh, it's damage deposit wise. He's, he's golden, I yeah. suppose. <laughs> so he never get it. He'll never get it back. 
this is a thing I'm going through right now because we're uh, we're we're moving uh, this month, and uh, I'm because the house that I'm living in is going to be torn down. Uh, that's what they say. Yeah. But because I don't trust them, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if it will. Huh. Um, I feel like they, uh, I, I'm not going to say they scammed our upstairs neighbors, but, uh, you know, so I just say some people scam people. I'm just going to say that some people scam okay. people. So if some you were going to scam some people, some oh, people, yeah. just people in the world. Yeah. Sometimes they don't let people have all the information they, they know and yeah. all their legal rights. And, uh, oh, really? uh maybe so, they should. So if, but I'm just saying some people, some people. So if someone was going to scam someone like that, yeah. like what would they do then? They might like say, instead of offering them, uh, uh, two months rent because they're because uh, they're required to yes uh, legally. I think I think they might even be required four months rent. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, that uh, that they offer them I don't know a couple hundred bucks in moving expenses and then just say uh, adios. Oh. They might do that kind of thing. That's the kind of thing a person might do. Yeah, not that I know anyone who's doing that. Yeah, uh, no, but uh, they no might names. do that. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Gross. And so it's you feel like if a person rips off one one person that you know, yeah, uh, they might try to rip you off. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. Yeah. So you got to be on on the on your on the watch on the on the prowl on the guard on the on the ball on the ball on the ball. You have to be on the ball. You do have to be on the ball. Um, but with the damage deposit thing, uh, we've got to like take the landlord through yep. the house and show ah, everything's fine. But they're gonna break the house down. Yeah. Yeah. Like. And if they don't break the house down, uh, they owe us twelve months rent. Oh. If they re if they re uh, rent it out yeah. after saying what they were going to do is this, then you're not allowed to do that because that's just an easy way to scam people. Yeah. Uh, so legally, they would owe us twelve months rent. So would that be a way for them to increase the rent with like like say they they're you're paying this amount of money and they think oh this is too little yeah but they're not allowed to raise it more than two percent I think yeah per year or whatever yeah they were they they were trying a thing recently where it was like going to be the biggest you know uh, percentage increase it was like five percent or something it was just uh, so quite substantial yeah uh but yeah they could uh, say hey we're uh, we're gonna tear the place down like all right we're gonna leave bye and you leave and then they go. <laughs> Yeah. And they re-rent it for whatever they want. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Because they would have to gradually knock it up a notch. And they would probably say then, well, the property taxes go up and what are you going to do? And we got to make money. But yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Because I know certain people have been shifty with other people. You know, it's probably not the first time dabbling in the shiftiness and that you feel so (laughs) comfortable that you might say, share it with some other people that shouldn't know about it. Like, I don't know, people. (laughs) <laughs> uh leaves us vulnerable and open to things okay yeah, i don't know interesting yeah. interesting anyway uh but my worry is that we're gonna like uh take uh him around the house and he's gonna go oh yeah this doesn't look good and there's a thing over here and mm. it's like but the whole place is gonna be torn down yeah like you should just go like eh, it's fine here take it because it's all gonna be uh you know knocked down with a ball who cares <laughs> you know but yeah, maybe they're gonna try and nickel and dime us on that yeah it's awful. Moving stinks. Uh, moving is okay. I know you like it. You like it. I do, I do not. I do not like. It's the, an, it's an I adventure. Do not like the, uh, I do not like to pack. I do not like it, Jack. I do not <laughs> like going from here to there. I do not like taking my stuff everywhere. <laughs> I mean, like the brand new house, uh, and we should leave because there's a mouse. Oh, yeah. is that why you're leaving? No, there is a rat in the laundry room though. So uh, that's. <laughs> He's been camping thing. out there for a while. He has. He has been there. And there's a spider downstairs, too, so mm. it's time to go. <laughs> spider? It's gotten pretty big. The spider was a substantial-sized spider. If you were sitting with some people, 
Uh-huh. On, a, on like a tuffet? No, not a tuffet. Just okay. sitting. Eating curds and whey. If you're sitting eating curds and whey, yeah, what the heck, you're on a tuffet. Uh, and someone just stands up, yeah. walks about 10 feet away, and then stomps on a spider. And uh, it comes and sits back down again. What would you think of that person? Well, first of all, it would rain. I'd be annoyed by that. <laughs> all right. Uh, here's, what I would think, here's what I would think of it. And I was... I did have to wash one down the drain the other day. Okay. And I feel I felt bad about that, but my options were limited. Okay. Um, so I'm sorry, Gavin, that I did that, <laughs> but I suspect it was still fine. I suspect that much. That you wash it down a drain, it'll be okay? Yeah. Okay. Why not? S- mm. Spider. Sure. It's fine in water. What are they? <laughs> Didn't know they were fish, but okay. They're not fish. Other things live in water that aren't fish. Turtles aren't fish, and they're in the water. Mm-hmm. Dolphins aren't fish. Yeah. Uh, humans aren't fish. They're sometimes mm. in the water. It's possibly it's fine. Yeah, it's possibly it's fine. I feel bad about it. Like, where did you wash it on the drain? Because he, he was in the house? Yeah, it was in the uh, it was in the uh, bathtub, and it was, uh, like, really early in the morning. Okay. And we had a little spider trap once upon a time, but it got broken when there was a very big spider, and my <laughs> wife kind of threw the whole trap outside <laughs> and it busted up. And then I've I've been using this butterfly net. Okay. But these spiders that we've got now, yeah, they're, they're, they know what you're going to do. They basically do. They're very clever. Yeah. So you get them in the net. And the normal technique is you get them in the net and they confuse them by doing like circles, right? Yeah. yeah. Circles. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. By the time you, <laughs> they don't know, they're, you're outside. Yeah. Now you're free. Uh, but these guys are just like, doing And like they just jump out. And it's like, jeez, I got to get them again. And it's like, doing it's like, oh, for crying out loud. It's not an option. And and, and they're so big, you can't yeah. just go, I'm going to leave it here. Also, because they're jumpers. It's like, ugh. So, yeah, I just took like some, some water yeah. and just like washed it, okay. washed it down That's the drain. Fine. That's not. Gavin's mad at me now. Uh, and I don't feel <laughs> happy with that. But so, okay, you, did you witness the spider stalking yeah. situation? I was okay. so upset. All right. And I, not that I, I don't like that either. No, I've got a problem I mean, with that too. Like it's, it's no like reason. in the end, it, it it really is just a spider. I didn't even like the guy who's punching insect, the wasp. No, it's like don't leave the wasp alone. <laughs> it doesn't need that shit. Open uh, the open yeah. the window and like let's work it. Let's work it up there. Yeah, I was really upset about where, it. Where where did this happen? Are you this allowed was, to say? Yeah, well, no one, no one I know. At choir, we we're just okay. having choir practice. There was a spider walking across the floor of the church. Mm-hmm. Lady got up, crushed it, and then sat back down again. Like. La di da, and it's like, why did you do that? Because spiders belong outside. Uh, no, because see that one's inside, so they also belong inside. Right. They belong wherever they want to go. They're spiders. Fuck you. Yeah, and it was wearing like its inside shoes. Like Mr. <laughs> Rogers changes <laughs> his shoes. It had all eight of its shoes on. It's yeah. slippers. Yeah. Yeah, and it was wearing a little cardigan. And a little pipe. Now that's his problem. It was smoking indoors. That was an obnoxious. I so will you admit can't to stomp that. that spider. That's okay. It's actually vaping, which is, you know, anything deserves oh, no. anything deserves to be stomped on for that. Here but goes the spider vape. <laughs> spider vape. Spider yeah, I don't know. It just really bothered me. Like, why you just go out of your way to 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 crush something? Like, yeah, it's not doing anything to you. It's just a spider walking across the floor. Yeah, it's not jumping in your hair. It's not. Yeah, you know, looking to attack if you. If it's a scorpion, maybe. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's yeah. a scorpion. Yeah. Or if it was a cat. Stomp on a cat. <laughs> no one's <laughs> All right. What if you're a mouse? Then could you stomp on a cat? No. If you're a giant mouse. <laughs> no, you're not. What's the threat? Yeah, that's a good point. Also, how'd you become giant? Yeah. Were your parents giant? Are you a boxer? Did this happen? Are you a boxing mm. mouse? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's... I don't know. I just... Like, I, I'm this... I 
don't mind You're a spider. son of a spider. I don't right? mind spiders. You, you, yeah. you, you, <laughs> I, just, I don't mind spider. spiders. I'm half spider. you got four legs. <laughs> I, uh, I don't mind spiders. Like if I see a spider walking through the house, I don't do anything. I don't put it outside. I don't. I don't mind them. My, 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 my wife is not the biggest fan. I okay. am the spider remover and putter outsider. Yeah. Uh, but as of late, uh-huh. there have been a series of spiders. Yeah. These ones I'm discussing. Yeah. That have been in the basement. Sure. That are ridiculously big. Yeah. There's that a, are like a spider gang. A little bit. You have sons of anarchy. You have sons of arachnid in your. Sure. Uh, okay. Sure. You go for that. You let yeah. me have that one. Listen, I'm very tired. I'm not going <laughs> to fight you on this at this point. Uh, but to the point where I'm just like, oh, this might not be good. Yeah. That this thing, this should not be around. Uh, let's get it. Let's get it out fast. And I've been trying to do the peaceful uh, removals and mm-hmm. the tossings. Uh, but yeah, it, I mean that's. Was, I mean, it was like about four in the morning, and I just yeah. like I needed to get this thing out of there. And uh, you know, I'm in underwear, and I don't want to run outside in my underwear with a spider that jumps on me. <laughs> do you ever do like the glass and the piece of paper maneuver? Uh, here's the thing: these guys are fast. If okay. they see you coming, yeah, like you can get them with a butterfly net because it's like swoosh, and you get them. Uh, but like, if you were like sneaking up on him with a glass, it would just like, oh well, I'm gonna just fucking move. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want? And then maybe it'll go just like, well, how about I jump on you? How do you feel about that? <laughs> maybe I bite. Do you think? How would you ever think about this? That, do they bite? I mean, I all don't spiders know what bite. Kind these are all spiders bite. They do. It is most some, some most of them. Their bites wouldn't bother us. No, it's, an, it's not a black widow because it doesn't have the thing on the back. Uh, it doesn't, Hourglass. It, shape? It, it, no, it's Scarlett Johansson outfit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one did but it was a ghost in the shell uh-huh. thing and i'm oh, like okay. oh that's odd that's right that's so you chose that yeah. one that was kind of a controversial outfit all right fine <laughs> but you know and that was the spider i i i flushed down the the oh, okay the thing. that's why you did it yeah and i didn't flush it in the toilet i flushed it down the drain yeah and uh you know you know the story of like the the, the spider goes down the water spout and it's washed out and it comes back up sure, again. sure. it's fine <laughs> sure. i'm sure it's fine yeah oh yeah Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still feeling bad about it. I understand, but I would not go and stomp on a spider. No, yeah, yeah no. no, not unless it was perhaps. Yeah, if it was a black widow, yes, I might do that because this thing's going to hurt somebody. Well, I guess so we, that thing's got. We die. couldn't see what it was. I mean, you could maybe claim it as an after. I could look down and see a little. Uh, it was like I say. It was like, it's like ten feet away. It's okay. far away. Just walking along, it was doing its own thing. It was just you know what you do. Wasn't minding us. All right, now was this a was this a fella or a lady? I don't think it matters, but it's choir. It was a lady. Lady. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So I'm going to be you, and you're going to be the lady okay. who like goes off to stop a spider. Yeah. So uh, okay. So you go. You you first. What we'll, we'll be? What are we singing? We're singing what? I don't remember. That. All right. I don't remember. <laughs> is I and then I go like, oh, look, there's a spider. I'll okay. say and that's uh, to the lady. That's nice. Uh, just in passing. Oh, there's a spider. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> now you've walked over and you've yeah. stomped on the spider. Stomp. Then she just came and sat back down. And you sat back down. Yeah. Now here's me uh, talking to you. And I'm, yeah. the, I'm you. And I'm, yeah. you're the lady. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, hey, you just stomped on that spider. That's yeah. weird. Shouldn't be, in, shouldn't be in the church. Well, what about all those ones on your back? You don't seem to mind those. <laughs> Yeah, and then I punch roll, your, and then roll, I punch roll. your back over and over again, <laughs> and they go like, "They don't belong in the church. They don't belong in the church." Well, that took a turn. Yeah, and then I go, "The power of Christ compels you." Every time I throw a <laughs> blow, and then the she turns and says, "Does it? Does it, Dave? Does it compel me?" Well, I don't know. It's up to you. It's between you and the Lord. My my favorite scene in uh, this is the end. 
Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. When uh, jo- Jonah Hill is possessed. Yeah. And Jay Barrichello is like holding up the crucifix, whatever he's going, the power of Christ compels you. And he's like, Does it, Jay? Does it compel me? <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, it's a good scene. That's a good movie, actually. The only movie of, the, of those sorts I can stand. Oh, what are other ones that would be of those sorts? Super bad. Oh, okay. I thought uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin. Uh, I thought you were talking about... This is 40. About, I thought you were talking about saving like movies Sarah Marshall, about the end of the world. The apocalypse. Up, uh, something else. Another movie. Oh, you don't like Knocked Up? No. I like Knocked Up. Um, I didn't see all of it, but I got... I got. Uh, yeah, I like I like Knocked Up. Super bad, I don't mind. Um, <laughs> super, okay, if I could do like a super edit of Super Bad and take out all the police stuff, <laughs> I, I would like it more. Okay. I like the kid story. Sure. I just don't like the stupid adult stuff in it. Okay. Because it's stupid. We all agree. I don't like when people put, I just don't, I don't, I guess I'm just not into, like, like when I was a teenager and a, you know, snob, mm-hmm. and my friends would be like, oh, you got to listen to Cheech and Chong. And I'd be like, okay. And I'd listen to Cheech and Chong. I'd be like, this is dumb. This is just dumb. Like, yeah. You got to come out. Plus, you're making for- fun of Dave. Ah, <laughs> It's a definite negative. Got to come at it from what? Uh, you got to come at it. From, I guess, the right. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Or, you know, whatever they're rebelling against, you should have a beef with as well. I guess, yeah. You know. You, I mean, you don't have a beef with the man. I am the man. There you are. That's the thing. You're the man. Like, you know, my, my my early exposure to Monty Python and the Marx Brothers and things like that, you know, it it shaped my my comedy sensibilities. Right. To a way that things like Benny Hill and... Cheech and Chong, this seemed like low, like low humor to me. Right. Uh, you know, they're not making fun of Proust. What is, what is this garbage? But uh, I think if, if like you were at a party, maybe if we were high. I don't know if you have to be high. But if like someone put on a record album and people sat around and listened to it and your friends and people you admired weird. laughed, yeah. what, you know, you would maybe laugh along. And okay. you, you would get it and you would dig it. You wouldn't listen you, to a comedy album in a group. You don't know me then. I don't know. I guess not. <laughs> how, you know me. How, yeah. how agreeable was I to go along with stuff that I didn't like? Mm-hmm. Not too agreeable. Mm. I mean, if I was more agreeable, I would smoke and drink, or I would have done that when I was younger. Did you At like least the, tried it. Did you like the movie Yellow Beard? Did yeah, you... it was still well, not much. Okay, I should say it was kind of silly. They were in that. Uh, it's kind of silly. They were in the Corsican Brothers. I did like. Okay, I liked the first half hour of Up and Smoke. Okay, I thought that was kind of funny. Then it fell apart. But the first start, the start of it was pretty good. How about uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie? Do you like that? Yeah, that's funny. It's not a million miles away from Cheech and Chong, really. Yeah, but it's kind of wittier. Okay. I don't like the movie, though. All right. I, don't I like... liked it when it came out, but then I was a youth. I was yeah. reviewing it for a TV show. Okay. I said it was the funniest movie I'd ever seen, which is true. It mm. was. Yeah. It was not the funniest thing I'd ever seen. On... <laughs> okay. If it compared it to television, I'd say at that point, the funniest thing I'd ever seen on television was an episode of The Goonies. That I the goodies. Re- goodies, I apologize. Yeah. Not the goonies. I had not seen the goonies. But the goodies, which, which where I remember me and my sister were just in pain lying on the floor laughing. A man died watching the goodies. He died of laughter. I can understand that. The Ecky Thump uh, episode. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it was the, it was the King Kong cat one or whatever mm, it was. King okay. Kong. Yeah. Yeah. I think that just made us like fall, literally it's fall a great, off the couch. It's a great show for kids. Yeah. It's a great show for kids. Like if you watch it as an adult, you're kind of like, hmm. I just saw a little uh, video of uh, John Cleese's cameo on that show. Okay. Where he's a genie. Okay. No, 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 no. Yeah, they find a genie on a, on a lamp. Yeah. And they just rub it. And yeah. he comes out and he's the genie of the lamp. And he goes, and now for something completely different. And then they uh, tell him to like shove off. 
And uh, then he just yells, enjoy your kid show, and then vanishes. <laughs> it is a kid show. Yeah. I mean, it's it's gimmicky and it's silly. And yeah. I, I mean, I remember I, would, I, I joined a, a, the Shutterbug Club at school. It was a camera club. So grade were, six. You were a young shutterbugger. I was a young shutter, which is why I'm. Did you? Did which, you which is weird. I like spiders, but I'm. I was a shutterbug. Yeah, so. you. And there was a dark room, right? And you guys would go in there and shutterbugger. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very good. But I don't ever think about that far because I. You dis- wouldn't get that far. I discovered <laughs> okay. that it was at the same time as the goodies were on, uh, and I was like, "Fuck this shit! I'm watching the goodies." That's right. Because I know shutterbugger that. I'd rather watch comedy than than play with cameras. You're not wrong. No, I was totally right. Yeah. I, I have no problem with that. TV TV had a very important place in my life. The top of the pile. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it was comedy. And, you know, I just didn't, I didn't watch garbage. That was, but... Maybe that was a thing was that uh, uh, Cheech and Chong wouldn't be on television television. So you wouldn't have had that kind of, you know. Yeah. You got to be kind of exposed to them in a certain way. Yeah, yeah, you know? for sure. You can't just like come at it full on. No, that's what I mean. But I mean, I was like, you know, I was lucky. I saw, basically saw Marx Brothers and Monty Python at the exact same age, pretty much the exact same time. I worked discovered to, them both. I worked with a guy who brought Tefal to Canada. Tefal, yes, the French uh, saucer, sauce, sauce, uh, cook, cookery, cook making. <laughs> Go on. He's <laughs> never done a drug in his life. Have his lips touched alcohol? No. All right. The French. What would you call what they do? Cook cookware company. They're cookware. cookware. Yeah, they're yeah. nonstick. Uh, cookware yeah. company that's right <laughs> so he brought he got kind of rich bringing tfal to canada but sure. he used to be yeah uh uh tommy chong's partner comedy partner okay before uh oh. he met up with so Chief he had Mary. a lot of bits that disappeared out of his act uh there you go <laughs> there you are uh but yeah he claimed like oh yeah we were doing all that stuff and we came up with all that stuff and then they moved on to this kind of stuff and it yeah. didn't sound true at all um and uh and and I, I did a little bit of research on Tommy Chong, and he actually it was interesting because like uh, when I started doing improv, they they improvisers sort of make you believe that they made everything up, like uh, everything sure. that's you know th- that everything started basically in like the uh, you know l- late seventies, like seventy nine mm-hmm. or so. Sure, um, like a bunch of improv started around then, like theater sports and league improvisational and. Uh, some other stuff. Uh, but, uh, but in like in the early 70s, Tommy Chong was doing improv in Vancouver, just improv games, comedy yeah, games. Sure. Uh, but with, uh, strippers. Okay. So it'd be like, uh, topless women and improv and then him. Huh. And that was a thing that he would do and it was pretty common here. Yeah. So we had like an improv scene, but it was all with like topless ladies. That's weird. And, and then sounds later. Sounds pretty great. And then later on, he went to do, uh, worked with the T-Fell guy. And then later on, he, uh, hooked up with Cheech Marin and things really took off. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. I guess, when I, say the, that, I guess the partnership didn't stick. Ah, I get it. Uh, I could go another of way. Uh, it became toxic. That T-Fell, also works for talk. The to French, the French dinery set. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the French Dinero set, uh, uh, based on the movie Dinero with uh, Stephen Gutenberg and uh, Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah, not based on the French Diderot, the uh, French uh, was he a revolutionary Diderot? Sure. Okay. Here's a here's Never a, mind. here's a really stupid thing that I posted the Is other day. Is it stupider than what I just said? Yes. Oh. Uh, I was watching trailers for Venom, and every time I see Venom, <laughs> I, I like what you said, but okay. Yeah. I was watching trailers for Venom. Yeah. And every time I see them, it reminds me of Baba Mama. 
Barbara I love that. Roma. I showed that to people at work when you posted. Oh, that. good, good, yeah. I don't think anyone got it. No, no one gets it. It was for me. Very you just, sad. like you, like you, that what you should have said was one in a thousand people get yeah, it. Yeah, you should have said, "Hey, Dave," <laughs> blah blah blah. <laughs> that's basically that was basically for me. Right. Yeah. The other thing, the other thing I wrote about the Venom trailer was like, uh, I like Spider Man, but I'd like to see him covered in hot tar yeah. with random teeth sticking out. Yeah. Is there a movie for me? <laughs> like. And apparently, I read that to Eve. Yeah, and apparently, there's no Spider-Man in the movie. So, like, what's the? Well, that's dumber. (laughs) So you got you're a guy with Spider-Man eyes who like shoots spider webs. Yeah, who climbs up things, and no one brings up Spider-Man at all. Mm. Also, last time we saw you was in Spider-Man Three. Yeah, we we your Spider-Man doesn't exist anymore, right? That's that's fine. It's gone. But like the only thing so. the general public knows about sure. him is he's a Spider-Man yeah, yeah, villain. Yeah. Played by that guy from that 70s show. And now he's uh Tom Hardy. Okay, fine. A better looking Venom. Well, it depends what you think. Like the that guy from that 70s show is a fairly good looking bit of business. Depends on what mm. type of fellow you like. Mm. Well, you, you're more of a Tom Hardy type? Yeah, I think Tom Hardy's better looking. Oh, Tom Hardy's an attractive man. I will not say he's not. How about if he's covered in teeth and uh, no, black no tar? Good. Best looking in uh, Inception. Now, here's my question. Now, I haven't seen... Yeah, he's good in Inception. Uh, he, here's my thing about it. Like, in the trailer, it mm-hmm. makes you believe that uh, he eats people. Like, he's like always going, oh, I'm going to eat you. And he's got his tongue, he's licking people and stuff. Do you think he eats people in the movie? I and if he does, is there any coming back from that? <laughs> I do. Well, or is, is that just like a weird teasy is, thing? Like but, he's like, is he like Alf with a cat? Yeah. And he's never going to actually eat the cat. Yeah. But he's just like, mm, I'm going to eat you. I'm going to nom 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 you. Like, <laughs> is that going to happen? Well, because I don't want to see that. The thing I don't is, see like venom eat a dude. Yeah, but if he's eating a dude, he's there's like, like what about the guy in the costume? Is he the one who's eating it? Eating the person? This is where it gets weird, right? Because he's inside the costume. Yeah. Does I know he's like in... kind of trapped in there. Does maybe, he... but... Yeah. Is it like uh, like a, you're a mom and it's like it's a little feeding tube and it goes in his belly? And then like, you know, when he goes back to being the regular guy, is he got like yeah, a Human person flesh inside in, him? in his belly? Yeah. 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 Is that how it works? Yeah. Also, where does Venom go when he like goes away and the guy like up his butt? It seems like that's where it'd go. It's the only way it could go anywhere. It's gross. I don't like uh, it. Yeah. I I have no plans to see that film. I, I probably do. Uh, <laughs> just to see what's I up. I know. Yeah. I know you do. What does he say in the trailer? Something about like a turd walking down the street. Oh, or... yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I'm going to like bite off your legs and then I'm going to bite off your arms and you're going to be like crawling on the ground like a turd. Well, like <laughs> a turd doesn't crawl. It does not. It doesn't at all yeah no one's gonna look at a guy missing like arms and legs and go like you look like a turd yeah <laughs> no it'd say you look like a mat <sighs> okay there you are that's a classic joke right okay what's you know that? all right give me that one what do you call a guy with no arms and legs yeah laying in front of a door oh yeah. no, well you got a guy yeah, laying, yeah. laying in front yeah, of yeah. a door yes I just, I just went on because you seem to be confused so yeah no what I, was, do you call, I was waiting for the extra element what do you call a guy with no arms and legs in the water uh, uh, Bob. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I, classic. I get you. Classic right. gags that filled endless hours yeah. of What about time. a guy who, with an arms and legs is in a hole? What's he called? Phil? Oh, that's better than what I was going to do. <laughs> okay. I was going to go Doug. <laughs> 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 We're all having fun. Yeah. We're all having just good-natured, roughhousing fun. <laughs> that's right. You might be saying, these sound like two guys who are having a hard time staying awake. And so they're just... <laughs> 
They're just trying to keep each other awake with weird, dumb, shocking well, shit. Well, you people don't realize that we occasionally turn off the, the tape or pause it for a second. Right. We just roll around and wrestle in Roughhouse a bit and then come back again That's and right. start and, doing and, the show. And then occasionally throw matches at each other just to try and uh, keep ourselves awake. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. I promise, by the way, I promise we'll be more awake in future episodes. What do you promise? That's what you can't make promises. You can't. What do you mean? What do don't, I promise? I just said what I don't promised. Don't let your lips. Listen to me. Don't let your lips cash checks that your mouth can't. <laughs> don't let my lips cash checks that my mouth can't. What? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the expression is. All right, Maverick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't Here's why your, I know. Don't let your eyelids cash checks that your mouth can't keep. I know that quote. Okay. Which is, um, don't let your mouth write checks your butt can't cash. Is that what it is, really? Yeah, it might be ass, but I think it's okay. one of, either either, either way. Cash. Okay. It's because mm-hmm. it was written inside a washroom at the movie theater, Capital Six Theater. Okay. And I, I always went like, when are they going to clean this off? And it was years, <laughs> years it just stayed there. Yeah. Well, and it was, it was so like the, deep. But it was the only thing that was written there. Like, no one yeah. like added to it or like Maverick or... What you didn't know is that the, the theater owner wrote it in there, so they oh, can never okay, get rid that's of it. fine. Yeah. Because there's usually with with graffiti, yeah. someone writes something, mm-hmm. and then there's commentary, and yeah. it's like someone like oh look not or you know smooth move x lax or something <laughs> above someone builds on it yeah yeah uh, but then I guess now the internet has taken over and it's became sure it's called Twitter the bathroom wall it's called Twitter now yeah all I'm doing right now is I'm going to tell you things that I tweeted this week um, <laughs> okay well this really was something I was thinking about was the uh, the, the 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 loss. Of the long rambling answering machine uh, mm-hmm. message, yep. where like people would like do a little rap song or uh, do a long uh, joke that would just go like nowhere. Sorry, the answering machine like that. I'm not home. Can you please yeah, leave a message? That's right. Okay. You know, not not. Hello, I'm... citizens of Earth. Okay. This is Dave Atron. <laughs> I cannot make it to my phone, you later. So please, please deposit your thoughts at the beep. And I shall retrieve them shortly. All hail Dave Atron. <laughs> Beep. That kind of that rambling nonsense. Sure. You, you missed out saying miss your message you later. That's fantastic. <laughs> and I was thinking like, what happened to that? And and Wait. my my thought went to, oh, they just got longer, more rambly, and became yeah. podcasts. Oh, is that right? Is that what yeah, we are? That's basically? what this is. We're just a, this is the evolved uh, yeah. answering machine message. Okay. Well, I guess it's better than being the the actual. No, so it's not a message. The message is what the person leaves who calls, right? It's not an an, it's not a it's not a it's not a message. It's an outgoing message, yeah. I guess that's what it is. It's very confusing. Well, is the medium the message? Is the question? Well, is it hot or cold? See, this is the rambling bullshit we would have put on the answering machine (laughs) message, but now we like record it for like an hour and a half and put it out to the world. Because it's better than because this that's better than the podcast. It would be like, yeah, hey, this is uh, Dave calling. uh, Just wanted to. yeah, I, I just call, I was just calling because I was wondering. Okay, uh, no, okay, scratch that. Let me start again. Let me start again. Oh shoot! I wish I I wish I'd written it down because. Okay, okay. So well, start. Okay, this is Dave, uh, and I know we were talking about going to the movies, and I just wanted to know. It, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is not a million miles away from some letters we've gotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's fine. Yeah, that's that was that was the glory of me leaving vis- voicemail messages. And what's, what's so terrible about them is that, like, what was nice is when people switched to the their like tell us voicemail or whatever. Yeah, and they'll give you an option to re-record. Yeah, that was glorious. Yeah. 
that was glorious because those one shot those one shot ponies where you just like dumped you just uh, dumped your, your thoughts can listen live yeah, yeah. Like, oh no oh no <laughs> And then it was weird, too, because when voicemail came in, yeah. uh, people would still do this to me. They'd be like, if you're there, pick up. If you're there, pick up. It's, like, it's voicemail. Yeah, that's right. I can't hear voicemail. <laughs> I'm not voicemail. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't. But they were like, oh, it's yeah. old answering machine rules. Sure, like, sure. Nope, that's not how it goes. There, anyway, it's up. all podcast now. That's and what if you're screening calls, Yeah. are you going to pick up for somebody who goes, it's me. Hey, pick up. No. Yeah, no. You're, you're not. screening. You're done. You're out. Speaking. Oh, by the way, Dave, this is a little bit of a throwback the way, to a past episode. Okay. Uh, so, so recently, uh, we had a little Revenue Canada situation where uh, we we had to contact Revenue Canada about something that happened, and so uh, Pia, my wife, yes, uh, she, uh, we were recording this on Thursday. So uh, Monday okay. she calls. So this past Monday, like, that's so right. Three Monday, days ago. Monday she calls. Okay. And it gets no response because they you gotta leave a message there and like please get back. To me. And then same thing with like Tuesday and most of Wednesday. But early Wednesday we do get a call and we got a call from Revenue Canada, but we didn't pick it up because it was a number that seemed a little odd. And uh, well, gosh darn, if it wasn't, uh, the police were on the way because okay. we owed money on taxes. Oh. And uh, but you know maybe we could negotiate something. So Ooh, I've had that call too. I know that was the thing, but you had the call because you're a landline guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And these normally happen at landlines. So our thing though was because it was so weird because we'd been calling Revenue Canada. Were you really calling Revenue Canada? Though? No, we, but we were actually. Okay. Yes, we were, we were calling the correct number. We okay. double checked that. Okay. But here was the, the that was the weird thing about that was like it just seemed too much of a coincidence that we were calling Revenue Canada. Yeah. And then we got this scam call for the first time. It was like. Is it possible that someone at Revenue Canada is intercepting this and giving numbers to the scammers? Yeah. Because it's like, that's the perfect fucking... Although, they really shouldn't have... Would they have access to, like, phone... I mean, it's possible they have access to phone records. It's someone picking up the voicemails. Yeah, but they have to get your number, though. Yeah, you leave your number on the voicemail. Oh, you leave your number on the voicemail. That's right, because you're like, because you can't get straight through them. You're going to go, hi, give me a call back and at this number. Mm. So maybe there's someone over there who's just like writing down the numbers and the names and like, and, and, and sells them or something. Sending to to his friend. Yeah, sell them to his friend who's running the scam. So, yeah, we, we checked this, we we kind of reported that and, uh, and, and what have you, but it was like, ugh, that feels gross. Yeah. And then we, we settled the, the Rev Canada thing, so everything's all right with that. Oh, you, did you yes. negotiate down what you owed before we, the police um, came and arrested you? We have you? a yeah, that's right. We yeah. Left it in a brown paper bag in an alleyway. Yeah, because that's how Revenue Canada works. Oh, totally. Like, yeah, the cops are on the way. <laughs> yeah, now let's yeah now let's negotiate. This that's, is uh, that's how it goes. This is Constable Ryan Johnson. Oh, was that how it went? Yeah, he said his name was Constable Ryan Ryan Johnson in the thickest you know Indian accent you yeah. could imagine. You're just like, I don't think your name is Ryan Johnson, sir. Yeah, you know. You don't. You're reading from the it's script. It's interesting, yeah. You're they, reading from the script. They have a we script, gave you. but they don't. They're not culturally. They're not cu- culturally savvy enough to know that they couldn't pass as now, a Ryan. Now, Johnson. because this is such a common scam. Yeah. Do you think it's the equivalent of telemarketing, where people come in and they're just given the script, yep. and there's like a, yep. a bank of phones? Because in my case, it went up, right? Just the same way. If you're in sales, yeah. And you get someone on the hook. Yeah. Then you pass that call pass on, on to, to someone who's, one, right. who's a closer. Right. And that's what I got, the closer. Although the closer was more inept. But than I wonder the how they recruit for that. Because you can't, of course, you know, uh, you know, can't go the normal routes because it's, it's, it's fucking crime, right? It's clearly crime. You're, fr- you're, you're, I don't know. You just, don't you're, know. you're faking being the revenue nah, candidate. You can't care. be that. 
They don't care. Well, no, you're saying they don't care. It's not, it's not, it's not taking place in Canada, this stuff. Okay, that's fine. This is all, for, this is all in foreign climes. Okay. Yeah. Why, why not? Why can't we do some homegrown stuff? Why? What's uh, stopping it's not, us? Because it's, it's not happening Okay, here. but uh, yeah. yeah, it seems like a good business. <laughs> yes, but it's, it's much easier to, to figure out if it's happening in Canada than if it's happening somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, I guess so. All right, fair enough. I mean, that's why there's all these Russian things and these Romanian uh, hackers and stuff like that. And, and, of course, these are from India. Yeah. Educating this stuff, and they don't care. It's like there's a show... There's like a podcast or something where the guy, someone was telling me at work where there's a guy who makes, makes a point of tracking down these scammers. Uh-huh. And I think in one case, he actually flew to India and confronted this person in, in person. Oh, that'd be a good TV show. Uh, like I know it's a podcast. And this guy was completely, uh, did not have any qualms at all about it. He's just like, oh, whatever. Some people fall for it. Some people don't. You know, it's yeah. just, that's how it is. Because, you know, the, the, it's really, I mean, it's, 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 um, it's preying on two two people. One is old people who yeah. are just confused and get scared by all this yeah. yelling and stuff like that. The other person is someone who actually is doing illegal stuff. And it seems plausible to them this that they've been caught yeah. and they're in a panic and they need to get out from under this thing as quick as they can. And this person's giving them an option, which is to pay them. Right. And it's all going to get swept under the rug. And I don't have to worry about the fact that I didn't report that $50,000 last year. Uh, you know, And I don't want to get in trouble for this. So let's just... Yeah, you know, and because there's cast a, biz- a wide enough net, someone's going to feel guilty. Yeah, yeah, it feels like like I, you know, I was reading an article about this stuff because it happened to me, and I was curious about it. And there was a guy in on the island, Vancouver Island, I think in Victoria, who paid like twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, to the to these people, it feels like the kind of thing where, like, you know, if you called up enough people and went, I know you've been cheating on your wife, uh, someone's going to be, oh, who knows? Well, Lisa uh, dis- has been cheating on her wife. Yes, with me. I was shocked to discover this. Huh. The uh, I I don't judge. She got a message at school on her school email mm-hmm. from a, a a person, and it said, "I know your password is this," and it gave her an old gave her an old but accurate password. Yeah, and said, "And I know you've been watching porn on your computer. Uh-huh. I'm going to report you to da 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 da." Uh-huh. And uh, so you know, she turned off the porn that she was watching. Right. And uh, quickly, like, cleared you know, cleared her browser. Right. And then she just ignored it. No, she she you know sent all the information to the school, uh, like the principal yeah. and stuff like that. Because you know, so I think this is like a phishing scam. Oh yeah, and you know, it absolutely is a phishing scam. But she said, you know, the the password is accurate. It's just not what I have. What yeah. not my current password. No, because the older ones, yeah. And, the, and she said, yeah. it's my husband who watches the porn. Yeah. So I'm not part of this. Like I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I I said I'll stop using your computer. <laughs> and it, yeah. But it's weird, like, because it's weird to have that happen on your school email, t- email yeah. too. That's her, you know, her teacher uh, email, not her, yeah, her self email. And so, yeah, it just, but you know, they can, if they can get a list, you know, if somehow they can get a list which of teachers, can. which yeah. they can. I mean, I was reading an article talking about how, like, in in, um, I think it was in Jamaica, like, there were gangs that were killing each other down there, not over drugs, but over email lists. Because it's so it's it's yeah. like gold to have, you know, these big lists of suckers that you can you can start writing to and trying to exploit, you know, and sending, you know, click on this link and find out all about Hi David, you might be interested in or my favorite ones are the fake job. Mm. Do you know those ones? No. Uh, I get them quite a bit. Maybe let me just see. Here, you you talk while I listen. Okay. I'm, I'm pulling my phone out of my pocket. Sure. So you want me to just randomly talk? 
just randomly talk, but none about something important. Okay. All right. So anyway, no, that's important. If you're asking like what what would uh, Dave's past passwords have been for things, um, uh, one is uh, Beetle Boy uh, <laughs> sixty nine. That was like one one of his. Yeah. Um, uh, the other one was uh, uh, BJ and the Bear forty two. Used to be a big BJ and the Bear uh, fan. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, it's true. Uh, Dave rules, uh, but like with a Z and like about five Zs. Ian drools with five Zs. That's right. That was another one of uh, of Dave's. Dave, by the way, here's a little bit of trivia. Mm-hmm. Uh, something Dave used to do uh, to impress people. Uh, he would occasionally light his hair on fire. <laughs> and you know why he doesn't now? Because mm-hmm. he's got a podcast. That's true. If you have two podcasts, which we do, yeah. we've got this one and right now Full Marks, uh, you no longer have to light your hair on fire to get attention because he gets at least uh, two or three fan letters uh, a week. And that that feeds that same need that was the someone look at me, uh, light your hair on it's fire. True. Oh, I don't seem to be able to find it. Okay. In my... It's the... too old. But I would, the get these gr- I would get these great, uh, um, they were, you know, basically a job for you. And then it was, uh, it was no job for anyone. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> And they were, but what was great about them was they're clearly written by people who had a, you know, a subtle, they were, you know, they were, English was okay, but not all there. Yeah. Like they couldn't do idioms, things like that. So you get this very weirdly described thing. And then they would, it was always, the companies are always P2P companies. Yeah. That's very important. And then. What's a P2P company? Person to person. Okay. And, uh, and then, but they had, they would, they would use blockchain in it. Cause that's a, you yeah. know, that's a hip word right now. Sure. And so they would, you know, and then they would give you this kind of inflated salary. Yeah. You know, like too good to be true salary. Sure. And if it's a too good to be true salary, get some cheese whiz. And no, it's, if it's a too good to be, you know, salary, just ignore it because it's too good to be true. That's, that's the actual fact. Uh, yeah. And of course, there's always a link. And if I, you click the link, if you click the link, I sometimes are, your internet will sometimes stay. they're legitimate uh-huh. to the point where, but what they do is they get money out of you. Sure. They get money out of you. Yeah. Because then you're going to get paid this amount if you can put, you know. Yeah. So we need you to put this amount of money in as a blah 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 in order for, you know. And and what I was talking about with one of the, one of the fellows at work, and he said, yeah, it happened to his uncle. He got scammed that way. You know, you put this amount of money in, and then we'll send you this, and da da da. da. And of course, then they don't, they do send it to you, but it's valueless. This wire transfer, or whatever, has no value. But your money that you put in had value, and it's now gone. So yes. Boo. It works. That's the problem. Like people, you know. They well, fall for these things. Let's say, let, let's just throw a promise out to our listeners. A you promise. and I, as, as gentlemen. Yes. As internet gentlemen. Okay. As voices you have just heard online. You don't know us in person, unless you do, in which case, hi. Nice to see you. Hopefully, we'll see you again soon. Yeah. Um, maybe you've come <laughs> here and we've uh, bought you food. We've done that with some listeners. It's, yeah. I don't know how that was supposed to have worked, but we did it. Huh? Do we make a profit on that? I don't think we do. <laughs> We're not good business people. What, is that um, the point of it? But. Uh, occasionally we will, uh, ask you to send us in something or enter a contest. We will never, uh, give your emails to anybody. And in fact, we're not even probably using them ourselves to like send you propaganda for the show, which we should do. That would be the logical thing to do, but we don't do that either. So no. we are no. just, uh, bad business people. <laughs> but speaking of said things, yes. David, yes. uh, we have been asking lately our listeners, Hey, uh, do you have 10 movies that you want uh, us to talk about that you like? And, uh, we have had quite a few people send us some. Yes. Now, does that trend continue this week? It does continue. It does 
Then let's talk about them before I fall asleep. <laughs> let's see what we can do. Keeping myself awake by hey, singing. singing a song that sounds like this to me. Random you singing that stuff. Keep me that's awake. It's a keeping me awake song. Movies are great. So who is uh, who is the person who gave us uh, some? Well, some this week's. I sounded a little too excited. Yeah, that was way this too week's. <laughs> that was second puberty. <laughs> Golly. Oh no! It's the prom, and I got a pimple, uh, and ten <laughs> movies that I love. This week's um, guest star, yeah, Dave, who is via it? via the wonderful world of our comments board at uh, sneakydragon.com. Lovely, Chris Roberts, our uh, Scottish friend from the north, has written to us. I'm just looking for your, just looking for the the. Uh, and as I was talking, I I might have gone right past it. Oh no! Well, well uh, thank you for thank you for down. writing. I'm looking forward to. Uh, talking uh, about your movies as long as I can stay awake. <laughs> what hour is it in Scotland right now? Oh, that seems more reasonable. It's than the eight hours here. from now. So eight hours from eight, now. Eight twenty-two in the morning. This is the weird thing. Whenever I go to England, I yeah. I basically am perfect for time. Like whatever crazy hours I keep here, I mm-hmm. go to England. I'm I'm great. I'm like getting up in the mornings. Mm-hmm. I'm sharp as a tack. How's <laughs> it all going? Going to sleep yeah. at a good hour. Everything's fantastic. Come back home. I'm a mess. It's I find it's much easier to to acclimatize to. The jet lag going to England, then mm. the jet lag. I get home no jet England. lag when I go to England. Yeah, I come immediately. Yeah. This is fine. Let's go. <laughs> stay, stay on target. Everything's good. So uh, this is a this is a message from from Chris. All right. He says, "Hi guys. Hi Chris. I like Dave better. Oh well, go fuck yourself, Chris. <laughs> I was just joking. He didn't, he didn't say that. Oh, I'm really sorry about that. Go fuck yourself, Dave. <laughs> that's, that's that's more apropos. Really, uh, really making a little uh, divide there between me and Chris. <laughs> I was, I was having trouble coming up with a top ten list, so I decided to vary things a little and go for a favorite movie of every decade since the 1920s. Oh my gosh! Not quite the dawn. Chris of is old. Films. He is quite old. Wow, who's around yeah. in the 1920s? <laughs> but when, but when they, sorry, not quite the dawn of feature films, but when they became the dominant form. Sure. They so this the, is all about uh, dominance. Yes. All of these ones. Okay, yep. very good. Even then, I had to sneak in. <laughs> A runner-up for each decade, and I could change my mind tomorrow. And he says, no Wilder, no Bergman, no Coens? That doesn't seem right. Okay. So has he sent us 10 or 20? I'm not sure. Oh, Lord. Okay, <laughs> let's go through them. Let's go. We're going to do it. <clears throat> 1920s. 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 Uh, Movies he chooses? Sorry. I'm going to say, uh, that train coming at people. <laughs> Fast. That's, that's well before that. All right. Sorry. It's the, before the turn of the century. Uh, the General. Buster Keaton's fabulous Civil War Fantastic. film. Yeah. He says, first full-length silent film I ever saw. Sherlock Jr. is my favorite Keaton, but at just 45 minutes falls short of feature length. Sure. I know Dave loves The Navigator, but I've only seen it in a very degraded print with horribly unsympathetic I organ like, soundtrack. I like Sherlock Jr. I'd say that's probably my favorite, but okay. And couldn't um, get on board. Runner-up, The Kid, the Charlie Chaplin film with uh, Jackie Cooper. Okay. But um, I had uh, The Kid poster in on my wall for a very long time. I do love the general. I mean, I, lo- I love all the Keaton films, and the general is a great, great movie. Now, when you first saw it, did you see it on television or in a the theater? I saw it in the theater with uh, live music. Uh, no, it was a uh, part of the Raymond Rohauer collection, and this one I saw it had some sound effects in it, so I wasn't very happy about that part ah. of it. I remember we were talking about that a while ago, uh, and uh, it was a way for him to. It was kind of like when Ted Turner was re- was colorizing films, and that way he could get the copyright for them right. for the colorized versions. Yeah. The same with if you added sound sound effects to to the general, then I guess they could make it yours. Uh, but it is uh, such a great movie, uh, so iconic. 
And you know what's funny with, I mean, I saw Chaplin before I ever saw Keaton, because Keaton was much more obscure when I was a kid than Chaplin was. When I grew up, Chaplin was still alive. And so he was, you still felt connected to him, even though he was from a long time ago. Yeah. There was still some continuity from, from that time period to, to, to my generation. You know, like, it's weird, but that's just how time works. No, you know, no, like, is, yeah. when, when I grew up, there were still people around who had, were alive in the 1920s. Sure. So, you know, you could, and we're still like vital people, not like super yeah, old yeah. people like they would make me now. Um, like Chris Roberts, like, when I was in really grade, old guy like that. Yeah. Yeah. Born in the 1920s or was a teenager in the 1920s, right, obviously. Clearly. Uh, I had a teacher in grade six at, at uh, in Delta play the gold rush in, in class. Just, you know, got it from somewhere. I had a 60 millimeter print, right. pl- played it on the screen. And I just fell in love with that film. Like I just oh, love nice. that movie so much, you know. Uh, I, you know, I don't know how, I don't know how the other kids felt about watching a silent black and white silent film, but when we grew up, black and white wasn't, crazy no like to to my daughter's generation black and white tv yeah. yeah we had a black and white tv if you wanted to watch gilligan's island you know the first couple of seasons were black and white sure. uh there was lots of black and white shows you'd watch the dick van dyke show yeah. lucy you know these there was no problem with watching black i had and white. a i had a teddy bear that was a panda that was in black and white mm-hmm. it was a different time <laughs> uh and yeah i just thought that movie was great and so i mean if you'd asked me who my favorite silent comedian was i would have said I would have said Charlie Chaplin. It's because that's who I knew. Yeah. But I was at the library one day and I saw this book and it was called The Look of Buster Keaton. And so I just took it down off the shelf and I started looking at it because I knew his name and I knew, his, you know, so I was sort of interested. And basically this was book was written by kind of a pretentious person. Ha. And they were kind of comparing what they were doing where they're taking stills from Buster Keaton films and then they're comparing them to like, uh, like surrealist art. All like, right. you know, it'd be like Buster Keaton looking at something with one eye open, like when he would, sure. you know, like in the general, there's a scene where he's like, so surprised he like closes one eye yeah, and then he closes the other eye and opens the, the eye like that. And cause he wants to look from both eyes to make sure what he, what he sees is happening. So we're getting a little Dolly comparison there. And so, yeah. And then it's like a Shiriko painting and it's yeah. like a oh, okay. person with one eye or whatever. And you're just like, you know, it's okay. Yeah. But what I really fell in love with was the, was really the look of Buster Keaton, like the stills, his look, his, you know, his, his completely still face, uh, but also his, like, you know, his costume and stuff like that. Like when he started doing feature films, he stopped dressing like Buster Keaton really, or not, sorry, Charlie Chaplin was never not the tramp right. character. You know, there wasn't the film where suddenly he was like dressed in a tuxedo and walking around. Whereas yeah. Buster Keaton, once he started doing feature films, he got rid of the flattened pork pie hat and the big floppy shoes. And he dressed as the character he was playing. If he's playing a rich boy or, you know, a rich young man who gets cast away on, on a, an abandoned cruise ship. That's his character. He is a, he dresses like a wealthy young man who, you know, if he's playing a railroad engineer during the Civil War, he wore Civil War clothes and he had Civil War length hair, you know, and so his costume was authentic and stuff. Yeah. Like even when he made Our Hospitality, uh, he actually constructed a, a replica of the trains of that time period. And the jokes in the film are based in sort of exaggerations of elements of, of like, so the train tracks were, in those days, they would just like lay the train tracks wherever they fell. Mm. So if there was a log in the way, they just put the train tracks over the log ah. and carried on. And so he just has fun with that reality. Uh, you know, and it's a, once again, a very good film. Um, but to talk more about the general, I guess. Do you know the general story? Do you know what it's about? Not off the it's top of my head. I've seen in, it though. Based on historical incident was yeah. true which was uh northern spies infiltrated the south and stole a train and brought it back across enemy lines back across enemy lines to the to the north 
So Buster Keaton took that as his jumping off point. And so his character is a southerner. And he uh, is a train engineer. And the war breaks out. And of course, he wants to enlist because he's a patriotic southerner. Right. But he won't, he, he's not allowed to. And it's one of those things where no one explains to the person who they're refusing to do something for why they're doing it, yeah. which is that he's vital to, to the war effort. He, he is involved with transportation. He can transport things with the train. So we need your skills in that. But they don't say that to him. They're just like, no, you can't fight. So, you know, then everyone's like, you yellow coward and blah, 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 you know. And so he's kind of, he's sort of rejected. And then one day his train gets stolen by these people. And so he takes a train and sets out in pursuit of his train, his beloved general. Oh, okay. And the general is the train of the, of the movie. And so, but it's a fantastic film. There's a great moment in it where he's, he's trying to like, I think he's trying to like, he's work, he's trying to get the wood, chopping wood or something like that. And he's having trouble with his axe and he's messing around with it. And, and the, so you're just tracking along the train as it's zooming along. Then you see in the background, all these, there's tons of soldiers. You see the, the south. The Southerners are, are retreating and they're moving back and then the Northerners are coming forward and he's just, so he just crossed enemy lines and doesn't even know it ah, because okay. he's tr- so busy messing around. There's just these, but it's this huge vista. And of course, one of the greatest sh- shots of, of, of film history was the actual burning of a bridge and the crash of a, of an actual train down into a gully, which was filmed in, in Oregon. They had to film, show the, Filmed the movie in Oregon because it had the correct gauge of track for the for the Civil War trains. He was ah, the authentic gotcha. Civil War trains he was using for the film. Because once again, what seemed so distant to us in nineteen in nineteen twenties was a mere sixty years remember, in the yeah. past. It wasn't that in terms of like trains and stuff like that. It wasn't super far in the past. There were still people who were alive, uh, you know, who had been alive during the Civil War and stuff when Buster Keaton was making really the generals. There's that weird connection to that to that huge huge historical moment. And the reason he chose, the reason he chose the South wasn't because he was a racist or whatever. It was just that he felt that, uh, you couldn't be the North because the North won. Mm-hmm. So they, they're, it's more like they're the, they would be more like, he'd be more like a bully over like the loser, right? So you have to be the, you have to be in the team that still lost in order to make your For the story. Comedy, yeah, yeah. To make your story have this, the, the sentimental element to it and, and the comedy. Yeah. So, cause they have to be an underdog. You can't, you can't be the, you can't be the, the winner in a, in a comedy to Keaton anyway. Okay. And Keaton was such a precise, such a precise technician. Like it's, and I think that's what appeals to us now is that his films, they lack sentiment. They're not like Charlie Chaplin right. films, which I dearly love Charlie Chaplin films, but you know, the kid has that, you know, that's the scene that just brings you to tears of when the boys, did I say Jackie Cooper or Jackie Coogan, right? Jackie who's Coogan, who's going right. to be taken away from, from Chaplin and the, you know, it's a tearful scene yeah. and you're bawling your eyes out and stuff like that. And that's not a Keaton thing. Like Keaton wasn't interested in that. His movies are much more technical and invo- in, about intricacies and timing and things like that. You know, that was what, what got him interested. Like, you know, he filmed movies using like surveyors equipment to, <laughs> to set the camera up so he could do really intricate special effect shots and stuff like that. You know, like Sherlock Jr. where he's going yeah. from movie scene to movie scene. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and yeah, and each scene had to be the camera had to be carefully set up so that he, he would be in the exact right spot yeah, for each like cut. And, trick, yeah, yeah, all right, it's amazing. So we gotta go through some of these because I'm falling asleep. <laughs> okay, so uh, I think I actually fell asleep in the middle of that. All right, so uh, <laughs> 1930s, 1930s. We can probably get through this quite quickly. Uh, duck soup. Oh, duck soup. Along with with along with horse feathers, feathers, the Marx's Penny Lane slash Strawberry Fields Forever moment. Some prefer a day of the races. Many of them are damn fine people, but they're wrong. I runner prefer, up the awful truth. I added yeah, the damn. Sorry, I, I, I runner prefer up the awful truth. Night of the opera. 
uh, and I, I did not care as much for duck soup as you did. Uh, we we covered that thoroughly on our uh, podcast, Full Marks, Marks, uh, yeah. Marks Brothers Podcast. Yes. So if you want to listen to our full opinion on that, uh, that is a good one to do that on, mm-hmm. and we do go on about that. But in general, uh, I thought it uh, it, was, it was it was interesting chaos. There's some very funny bits. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, didn't really hit hit it for me as uh, much as some others, and you loved it. I do love it, and uh, we were talking earlier about f- and full marks, and I'll, I'll just say one of the one of the weirdly keystone moments in Duck Soup for me is the scene when they cut to to Coach Marks when uh, Margaret Dumont calls him, and he's laying in bed, and he's just the whole bed is covered in crackers, <laughs> and I just love that because it's so counter to everything you're told. It's kind of like it's sort of the it's sort of like a kind of gentler equivalent of running with scissors. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say running with scissors. Yeah. Seems to, though Harpo's running with scissors during it. During probably. that, a lot of that time during that film. Yeah. And I just love, I just, I really, I really enjoy, there's a certain cartoony mayhem to it. Yeah. But it's not, it's not noisy and crazy cartoon mayhem. It's more, it's, it's much more subtle or it has quieter moments to it. And it's, uh, it's got some commentary on war that's so vague you can project almost anything <laughs> you feel about into it. So that works for people. Sure. And if that's what's important to you to have a message or whatever, that's good. There you go. All right. But I do like it a lot. That's 1940s. For sure. 1940s. This one is called My Favorite Wife. Cary Grant, Irene Dunn, Garson. Garson Keenan, a worthy companion piece to The Awful Truth and one of the last great screwball comedies. Okay. Runner Up, The oh, Treasure oh. of the Sierra Madre. I've never seen The Runner Up. Oh, sorry, never seen The Runner Up. I've never seen The Treasure of the Sierra Madre. I have seen that one, but I haven't seen uh, my, my Favorite my wife. wife. Yeah. Okay. I might be wrong, but this movie is about a man who's, wife. Who, is stra- who is stranded on a desert island and really? thought, thought lost forever. He returns to society to find that his wife has fallen in love with another man, or at least is going to oh, marry another no. man. It's a comedy, though. Oh, I'm sure. And it's Cary Grant at his Cary Grantness, yeah. you know, and it's it's a very, very good film. Yo, my wife, and you've yeah. fallen in love. My personal favorite Cary Grant screwball comedy. I made comedy, love to a volleyball. My personal favorite is um, uh, Bringing Up Baby. Yeah. I love that film. Probably because it says the name David 256 times <laughs> in that film. But I think that both he and Catherine Hepburn really yeah, bring uh, bring their A game to that there. film, and it, it's also a it's also a Howard Hughes film, so it's guaranteed to be yeah, good. But I will I will uh, I will try and see it though on the on this recommendation. You I should think, you should see my favorite wife and the awful yeah. truth as well. That's my, a that's a Leo McCary film that oh, basically I have seen the, have seen the awful, oh, okay yeah. that's sort of the the film that, that created yes. Cary Grant as as we as we knew as we came came yeah. to know him. He is a very Cary Grant in that 1950s. 1950s. Oh, this is one of my all time favorite films. Okay, and a movie my daughters find terrifying. Ah, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. No. Okay. Night the of Blob? the Night of the Hunter. Oh, uh, Robert Mitchum? Yeah, Robert Mitchum, uh, Shelley Winters. Okay, yeah. And Lillian Gish. In Long the, uh, time ago saw it, don't really remember it. He says, hands down, my all-time favorite movie. I don't blame you, Chris. Mm-hmm. I do uh, like that actor, that uh, German actor, hands down. He's mm, very good. Very good. Get. I get why some folk... That's okay, you're tired. I, I get. I get why some folk find the acting hammy and the set stagey. If you go with it, though, it's a poetic, humane, slyly satirical masterpiece that delivers more each time you view, and I always well up, not just once either. Runner-up, Forbidden Planet. Oh, okay. Yeah, Forbidden what Planet's I, good. So, now the Hunter, what's the, uh, what's, what's the general plot? General plot is Robert Mitchum is a, is a, in jail. Yes. He is a, uh, kind of fake preacher who murders women. 
Okay. But I don't think he got caught for murder, but he got caught for something else. And he's in he's in prison, and he's a cellmate with this guy who robbed a bank. I think he finds out where the money is. When he gets out, he goes to the uh, the guy. In, I I can't remember what happens to the guy in jail. Sorry, a bit vague there. But that guy's gone. Yeah. So now Shelley Winters, this guy's wife, is now a widow. So this guy comes to town, and Robert Mitchum has uh, hate and love right, tattooed yeah. on his across his his knuckles, and he tells some kind of story of the wrestling and stuff like that, and people fall for it. It's this hokum, but mm-hmm. people fall for it, you know. And Shelley Winters falls for it. But what's more important about that movie is the visual elements of it. The amazing he kills Shelley Winters, and there's a shot of her in the car at the bottom of this lake, and it's Ugh. this clear water, and you can see her just sitting in the car. Just her clothes yeah. kind of blowing and, you know, kind of in the current. It looks like they're in the wind. And uh, the terrifying scene when Lilling, the, the kids run away from him because he's a monster. And uh, and Robert Mitchum does such a great job playing this character as a monster. There's even a part of the movie where he howls like a wolf. Mm. But there's a scene where she's on her porch. She has a shotgun rifle on her lap to protect the kids from, the, from this, from him. And, the lights go out for a second and because it's kind of obscured by this there's a screen around her around her patio for, to keep out the bugs and the lights go out and so then you can see through the screen suddenly and then you see him and it's very effective it's oh. very effective it's such a it's a, such a great movie so poetic and so and I love that Lillian Gish when he tries to talk to her about and he does the whole there's love and there's hate and they meet and they wrestle and she's just like that's garbage you know and this is so it's so good like just her you know her wisdom and, and I had to check this one out too okay. and uh, Chris Gish was a great silent film actress you know worked with Cecil B. DeMille in so many great movies and then kind of faded into obscurity through through the 30s and 40s and came back in this film that was directed by Charles Lawton the director oh okay written by James Agee the 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 uh, movie critic he's a film critic in fact he's one of the people that was responsible f- uh, for the revival of buster keaton's reputation he wrote a great a great appreciation of him in the 50s that kind of reawakened people's interest in silent films oh, nice. and, and yeah already 1960s 1960s clearly the original version of casino royale <laughs> uh 1960s yes sir well let me just give you a hint okay Chris came to uh, our into our orbit through completely Beatles. Okay. So what hard movie do you think? Night. Yes, a hard day's night. It was going to be this or The Graduate, but how could anyone put Simon and Garfunkel over the Beatles at their Beatlist? Not just a great pop movie; it's brilliantly funny and surprisingly tough in its portrayal yeah. of a post World War II England that was still stifling, stiflingly conventional, inhibited, and class conscious. Runner up, The Graduate. Yeah, uh... Elaine. Elaine. It's the imitation of uh, Dustin Hoffman by a character in Barcelona. Okay, fair enough. That's... He has the exact opposite view of what everyone else does about about the end of The Graduate. He says, you know, here's this beautiful woman. He's going to marry this guy, really well put together, really well presentable guy. And then there's Dustin Hoffman who comes up to the church and it's banging on the window. Elaine, Elaine. And then she runs away with him and they ride away on a bus. Yeah. Well, they, they realize that. <laughs> they realize that, and that's the last kind of scene. So they're like, oh, maybe this is a mistake. Um, but let's, <laughs> let's go back to, uh, let's go back to the other movie. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, ha- what, 
what kind of movie like that starts better than just the Beatles running down the street? That's great. And George Harrison falling down. It looks oh so my painful. gosh, it looks so painful on a British street. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, they got health care. They're young. They're young yeah. kids. They're all right. They uh, it's, it's got just the right banter, the right mm. beats, the grandfather yeah. stuff is fantastic. The yeah. songs are amazing. Um, what yeah, a- the songs are amazing because we've talked about it in the show, but they ha- they had the opportunity. They they spent a week or two in 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 Paris at a residency, play, basically playing night after night in the same place. And they had a oh. hotel room at the in Paris with a piano in it. And they just spent their time writing. Yeah. And that was basically why that first album was all Beatles songs for the, the, the very first time. No covers at all. That is, uh, yeah, it's, that's a pretty fantastic movie. And it's it's not just that. It also has those little touches, like are almost Marx Brothers, where like when they're oh, sure. when they're running outside the train, calling for to the sure. to the guy, you know, which is just an impossible gag. But I just love that it's in the film. Or when, when or they, when John Lennon goes down the drain in the bathtub. Ha! Um, when they do interviews, yeah, it's very Groucho. Mm, yeah, for without, sure. Without yeah. being because they're British, yeah, they don't sound like Groucho, mm-hmm. but they've got Groucho's rhythms and yeah. timing. Yeah, you could uh, you could almost do any quote like snappy come back from them and do it in a groucho voice and it would it would work perfectly sure sure yeah yeah and it's interesting because the writer who i think his name was alan owen um he spent like a week or so with with the beatles and basically what he did for us was he created the beatles for us because he's the one wow. it's hard day's night that's where our idea of who each beetle is comes yeah. from you know like paul is this ringo's that george is this it's so John part is of that. culture now. With yeah, the yeah. Boy bands and the like. That yeah. Okay, cool. Seventies. Uh, <laughs> Saturday Night Fever. That's your guess. Deer Hunter. This is a movie I've not. Apocalypse Now. This is a movie I've not seen, and okay. people always go, "You haven't seen this movie?" All right, let me see. I'm, I'm not going to do that. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah, Dog Day Afternoon. You haven't seen that? <laughs> I have not. I haven't either. Uh, career best for Lumet, Pacino, and Cas. Kazali, John Kazali, by turns tense, comedic, and moving, it grips from the first scene and captures the zeitgeist of the times brilliantly. Runner-up, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. I have seen that movie. I've seen that one. But I have not oh, seen that. Oh, man, the... that one tore me up. Uh... For some reason, Dog Day Afternoon, it's a movie that makes me, f- it just looks uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. So I've just never been able to bring myself Sounds to watch like it. Sounds like a Dog Day Afternoon. That doesn't sound like Yeah. That. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun. No, of course. Uh, but One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, uh, really great script. Mm. Great performances, uh, very disturbing. Don't think I'd want to watch it again, uh, mm. but when I, I'm glad I saw it. When I saw it, so yeah. Yeah. I don't. I think I would like to watch it again because I'd like to. I would like to see Jack Nicholson's reaction or the reaction of the character in the film when he realizes that he's trapped himself yeah. in a situation that's worse than what he, oh, yeah, what, yeah, he yeah, yeah. what he escaped. He thought he was going to get, or he's going to Easy Street, yeah. and it's not. It's it's much worse, much much worse. And basically, you know, it's that Christ parable where he sacrifices himself to the to the yeah. For the bet for the no for these other people, oh, Chief Food's the one who acts on it. When in doubt, Christ Parable, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good story. Okay. And, and the writer Ken Kesey, interesting yeah, person. Nineteen eighties, please. Uh, please. You know that he did like the electric Kool Aid acid test. I did stuff. not know that. Yeah, but now I do. And in the sixties, uh, well, he took the money that he that he got from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which was a big hit. I think I did know this. Yeah, uh, and Michael Douglas was the producer on uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, right? He was. No, I don't think so. I think he was. Oh, okay. Uh, I know that, um, I know that, um, uh, Saul Zantz, who had owned Fantasy Records, which was, uh, Lenny Bruce's record label and CCR's record label, he put a bunch of money into it, but, uh, okay. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm now looking, okay. uh, up this, uh, currently and, uh, looking to see, uh, the thing and the stuff. <laughs> uh, you, yeah, I'd be interested if it'd be. 
right, all cast to a director, uh, writer, all cast and crew. Give me the uh, give me the producers. Produced by uh, Michael Douglas, producer. Oh, yeah, okay, absolutely. Yeah, he made some good bank on that. Oh, really? For a lot of stuff. Yeah, oh, that's good. And then also uh, Martin Fink and Saul Zanitz. Saul Zanitz, the owner of Fantasy Records. There you go. The subject of John Fogarty's song "Zanitz Can't Dance." Ah, all right. That's because uh, he sued he sued um, John Fogarty for copying a, cre- a CCR song. Oh, that was written by John Fogarty. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, they, I was thinking they like signed that's a an terrible. Odd thing. They signed a terrible contract when they were younger. Oh, nuts. CCR. Nineteen eighties. Nineteen eighties. You'll like this. You'll like this movie. All right. This Robo-cop. movie. One time we went. You and I. We went to Coquitlam. Okay. Where Diane Francis uh, was a, was a movie usher. Right. I was uh, dating said you, person. You were dating Diana time. at the time. We went there to see. Uh, I think it was Poltergeist two. Poltergeist three. Poltergeist three. Okay. Yes. And we had that creepy thing happen. Can I tell that story quick? Sure. Here's the story of Dave and I seeing Poltergeist three. Three. So uh, we go in to watch Poltergeist three, and, and we were we, late. We were late. Yeah. And uh, so things are happening, and little girls in an elevator, and there's all sorts of stuff. And then we go like, "Oh, we're late." Yeah. Hey, you want to get some popcorn? Sure. We'll be even later. So we leave, so we get up, we go get some popcorn. I think we talked to my girlfriend at the time, who's working at the theater, got us in for free. Yeah. That's why we went that way. That's why we went two hours to yeah. see a movie. Remember, there was a uh, big poster for the new Rambo movie was there. Uh, oh. Not f- not for, I think, Rambo 3. Rambo 3, I th- I really? That? I think we're up to Rambo really? 3. Really? At that time? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Rambo 2, I don't believe. Uh, mm-hmm. And so then we go uh, we go into the theater again, yeah. and uh, it's empty. Empty. It's, the movie's still playing, yeah. but it's empty. It's like, well, what's going on here? And I'm like, this is weird. And we go to look for our seats, and it's like, all right. And so we sit down, and uh, something scary happens on the screen, and uh, we hear everyone go, Ah! But we can't see anyone. <laughs> then we realize it's playing in two theaters. <laughs> and uh, we're hearing the audience next door. And we're dumb. <laughs> but it was good. I, have to, I totally forgot that. So yeah. Thank you for reminding me of that. Oh, you're it's very great. welcome. It's great. Yeah. So much of my life would be lost if I didn't have like people around me to remember stuff for me. So his uh, movie from the 80s was Poltergeist 3. It wasn't. But we, uh, we went. And I'm a guy who hasn't seen Poltergeist 1. Really? Yeah. That's a good movie. Okay. Uh, we, we left the theater, Diana, you and I, we got in the bus, we went back to Delta. Okay. We got off. I was, I was the third wheel. I was like, fare thee well, everyone. You're like, no, no, no. Don't go yet. We're going to go to this video store. We're in the video store. We rented this film. Okay. Took and it I to your like, place. Don't worry, Dave. I'll be breaking, we'll be breaking up like very soon. <laughs> okay. Well, let's go rent a, a And this movie. is probably why, yeah. uh, because I'm going to, you know, invite my friend over to watch a movie with my girlfriend. Uh, so yeah, we went home and we watched, uh, this is Spinal Tap. Ah, very good. Cause you really wanted me to see it. Yeah. That's why you rented it. And I probably want, probably wanted Diana and to see it. And also I have well. a nice memory of our, our mutual friend, uh, Gina Almeida, uh, who, um, uh, we were out record shopping once, and Oops. she bought me the soundtrack. Oh, that's nice. It. And I listened to that to death. I just listened so much <laughs> to it. And that, that someone bought me an album was ridiculous. Yeah. But, yeah, it was uh, it was a mockumentary. I was watching, actually, a thing with Eric Idle uh, earlier today where he was talking. Oh, we were watching the same. Yes, the yeah. GQ, uh, yeah, Eric GQ Idle thing. And I'm not sure if that was the one where he mentioned this. Cause I've seen a couple of uh, interviews with him recently where he talked about how um, the Ruddles, All You Need Is Cash, was the first mockumentary. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's true or not, but he seems to claim it is. Yeah. But this is uh, by far the best known mockumentary. They, sure. uh, you know, they improvised the, uh, the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had like, uh, you know, they had like a rough, uh, 
idea of where each scene was going to go, but yeah. uh, generally they they made that up, and then they just wrote some amazing songs and Harry Shearer and Michael McKeon and yeah. Christopher Guest and Rob Reiner, Rob Reiner who was then went off on this tear of movies that was just like hit after hit after yeah, hit after yeah. hit, and all of them just went on to do amazing things after that, just 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 wonderful. Yeah. Uh, but my gosh, that was just such a pleasant surprise. What did you think of the first time you saw it? Oh, I loved it. Of course, it was fantastic. Yeah. It was amazing. And you got film. like the deep music cuts. Like yeah, I, I probably that, yeah. I remember there was a joke that you got that you thought was hilarious. That I went, I don't, I don't get that at all. I don't. Which where they were talking about like, do you want to just like run out the clock, uh, bombing around Europe? And it was like they were going to just perform uh, as a band just around Europe because American rock and roll bands could do that. Oh, okay. And you went, yeah, that's what they do. And <laughs> you found that, that so funny <laughs> that, uh, that it was like, yeah, that's what they do. That's funny. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah. I, I think that film, it's, it's interesting when you say like, the, I'm sure they figured out the arc of the film because it does have a real arc and it does feel like a real band and it does feel like a real band breakup. And they really do kind of touch on, th- you know, like common things so they have they have sort of their yoko moment when the one character's girlfriend the the horoscope reading kind of new agey woman joins and starts taking over the the management of the band and forcing out um uh tony hendra's character uh the cricket bat wielding manager yes and yeah there's so many great side people in this film too there's paul schaefer bruno kirby um, uh, billy crystal the nanny Fran Drescher, yeah. Took me a minute to think of her name, but she's so great in it, you know, as Bobby, whatever her name is, yeah. and she's got that kind of smarmy. And then, of course, yeah, Paul Schaefer is the apologetic manager who bl- kicked my uh, ass, kicked my ass, PR agent, I should say, yeah. Uh, and yeah, there's just so much good stuff in that film, you know. People's uh, objection to the cover as sexist, you know. Yeah. What's wrong with being sexy? Is this? Yeah, it's great, great, great joke after great joke. Mm. The covers all look good. The and songs s- all seem right. They're Beatles songs, yeah, like they're right. be- like, or they're Rolling Stones more, like a more, more, more sort of a Rolling Stone sort of band. I yeah. think that's more accurate. I to- think they do a casual reference to yeah. like, uh, like being a Christian band briefly with mm. like a song got a whole lot of Lord. Well, yeah, because in the early seventies yeah. there was like you know a Spirit in the Sky, yeah, but it's just like a whole world in his hands, and um, you know the all the um songs by the staple singers and yeah. stuff like that so like there's this big uh there's other other song by that uh oh, i can't remember the name of that song now but anyway there was tons of religious songs at that time for whatever reason like it's just sort of the last throes of christianity as a and, and, as a as a kind of dominant and i force don't quote a lot culture. of movie lines but there's one that i do from that which is where they're looking at the uh like the grave yeah and it's like uh gives you gives you a perspective and then the Michael McKean character, David said, Hubbins goes, yeah, too much fucking perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do say, yeah, too much fucking perspective a lot. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's a very fine film. And, and when I was a teenager, I created, a, uh, I created a, an imaginary singer uh, named, I can't remember his name now, some, but, uh, but I kind of did the same thing. This is before I saw Spinal Tap where I, I had him start off singing like a, kind of a, uh, Beatlesque kind of song yeah. in the beginning, and my friend wrote the music for these songs, and I and I just wrote the lyrics for them. There was "Hey Green Frog," okay. which was uh, then there was, "Hey Green Frog" was sort of their psychedelic song. Sure, you know, it's kind of a song singing to a frog. This, yeah. you know, "Hey Green Frog," like that. And then and then there was like this. Then then he moved into sort of the heavy metal, like Black Sabbath phase, with a song called "Leftovers Again." Huh. And it just went like that, you know. So it, nice. so I just did this sort of like history of music through this character, uh, my friend and I, and then. And so when I saw that film, I thought, oh, this is so great. Like, I 
fantastic someone was able to take that idea and, yeah, and really make it, it so well. do it so well. Yeah. yeah. And I love the fact that they toured in front of other bands at shows yeah. where the people didn't know who they were. And so they really were being like reacted to as, as, as the, as and the band. And then later they would open for themselves as the folk band. I forget yes. what the name of the, the folk oh. band was, but they came back in mm. a mighty wind as them. And yeah, they'd like, here they are. And they'd get booed. You know, they like, no, that's Spinal Tap. It's great. So they got went back to being booed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, tell themselves. My friend uh, Ellie uh, Harvey, who's an actor who uh, is, was in the New Adams family and many other things, uh, she was one of their uh, backup kind of go-go dancers when they uh, were on tour. Okay. Uh, for like, yeah, I think, not like Live Aid, but it was a show like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so there's some footage of her uh, behind Harry Shearer and like doing this pan stuff and he's licking her fingertips and it's like, it's <laughs> creepy and good. <laughs> so good stuff all the way around. Yeah, I agree with that. 1990s. You hit Ian's uh, sweet spot. Sweet spot there. With uh, but, that, uh, Chase, when you get past, when you get past like 1984, I saw every movie that I could <laughs> see. Any movie I was legally allowed to see, I saw and, and well into the early 90s, it was very similar as well. Even though I was broke, I was never too broke to see uh, all the movies. 1990s. 1990s. I have not seen this film. All right. What is it, Dave? This film's Lay called on me. In and Out. In and Out. Was that uh, Kevin Klein? Uh, Why are you asking me? Movie? Oh, was that the one where he's... Where he's outed uh, because someone does a speech. Uh, oh, as like a teacher, academy. my drama teacher. That's da, da, da. drama teacher. And he's gay. And so he's uh, he's outed by a student. Okay. I think that's what it is. Okay, I never uh, saw You've it. got a phone in front of you. So, oh, you were not... Looking it up, I thought that's what you were doing. Oh no, I wasn't. All right, let me just look and see if that is. I have my mo- I have, my mobile data is turned off because of my my. Understood. My, uh... I'm gonna I'm gonna assume it is that In and Out Burger. Nope, not at all. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Uh, you know what Ian out, likes to look at. Uh, in and Out movie. Yeah, you know what Ian likes to look at. Yeah, Ian In and Out Burger. <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks like it's uh, that's in fact right. It's oh, uh, good, Kevin Klein, Joan Cusack, uh, Tom Selleck. Uh, yeah, no, I I remember liking that movie at the time. Sure. I'm all, I'm all for that. Can't say much more about it beyond that. It was a good premise. Yeah. I think it was based on a real, a true uh, event. I think so. Yep. I think you're right. Um, I'm more of a Dave guy. <laughs> anything Dave related. Yeah, that's fine. Me. Was there a backup film for the 90s? Oh, sorry. Let me look at, take a look here. Runner Up. Oh, how could this be better than this movie? Goodfellas. Okay. Is it and out better than Goodfellas? I mean, it's a different film. It's, it's a hard very to very different it's film. Hard to compare. It's not apples no. oranges. How could you not like these oranges? They're Sti- so much better than apples. Stylistically, it's great. I'm not a big fan of mobster movies, so you know that's that. But I know it's a good film. And, yeah. You know. Well, I think, and I like how it ends. What I like about Goodfellas is that it's a mobster movie, but it's not a celebration of. No, no, it takes the cool out of it. Yeah. So like, yeah. That's it. And then you it's... see, like, strip it all down and go, like, oh, these guys are assholes. Yeah. And, 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 and they just and they'll just turn on each other and on a dime. Absolutely, just, there's this, absolutely it's nothing. This incredible code. And it's yeah. like there's no code. There's no code, there's no code <laughs> it's at all. It's just all survival and yeah. And power it all seems and, really cool, yeah. and then it's not. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a very good film, and I, it's unfortunate that film is so great that it's kind of defined Scorsese's career to to his detriment. Mm. What's better, uh, Goodfellas or Casino? I prefer Casino myself, actually. All right. There we go. I do really like Goodfellas, but I, whatever reason, I, lo- I love Casino. I just like the whole, I like the look of it. Don Rickles is in Casino, right? Yeah. 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 So and okay. so is Ellen King. Yeah. Ellen King is... Uh, Don Rickles is uh, the the helper to yeah. to, uh, to De Niro. When you need, uh, when you need someone creepy and mobbish, uh, go with a comedian. 
Go with an old-timey comedian. Yeah. Get yourself an Albert Brooks and put him in a drive well, those... and watch yourself go, Gah! Yeah. 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 But, I mean, guys like Ellen King or Don Rickles, they knew these oh, people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, were in, they were in Las Vegas when those guys were at the, and they're good the height. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a good job. Like, And I just... I just and Casino has that same thing, like near the end of the film, where when everyone's getting wiped out, mm-hmm. you know, like all, all these hits start happening because everyone wants to hide. Everyone's trying to hide, yeah. you know, to hide the trail and hide, you know, hide the money trail and stuff like that. So everyone's just getting knocked off left and right. Mm-hmm. And you might think that you're okay and you're powerful in these organizations and stuff like that, but you ain't nothing. No, you're, you're nothing. nothing. That's right. You know, like it's, yeah, uh, it's all opens based a, on lies. It opens garbage. up with De Niro getting blown up. You know, yeah. his character getting blown up in a car. So, you know, you're no one's safe. I do like that film a lot. Yeah, if De Niro gets blown up, you're not safe. It's a long movie, though. All right, in the knots. I don't mind. Knots, knots, knots. Two thousands. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Can I tell you a little funny story about Pan's Labyrinth before we start talking about sure it? Do you know you Pan's can. Labyrinth, the, oh, the uh, yeah, Del Toro yeah. film? Uh, a friend of uh, Mary's. She was, I think they're, she was in grade eight. Her her uh, sister was would have been grade six. They went to um, the video store. Yeah. And uh, they said. Can you recommend a good movie for the family to watch? Whatever the guy's like, yeah, sure. Pan's Labyrinth this is a great <laughs> film for the family to watch. Most horrifying film for little girls. Oh, the uh, the being face being bashed in with the bottle. Oh yeah. Oh my terrible. gosh, that just like that just was. Uh, uh. I mean, I know there's lots of like horrific things in it, like you know, the guy with the eyeball hands and all that kind of stuff. But that's all fantasy, and yeah. it's okay. But yeah. like just the brutal reality of like mm-hmm. just that. So, uh, That's so grim. kind of what the film, oh, sorry, let me just go back, let me back up a little bit, because I just sure. want to, I didn't read Chris's, uh, his reasoning for in and out Fantastic screenplay, yeah. packed with great one-liners and performed by a superb ensemble cast. Sure, it's very sharp. Nobody could claim it as a cinematic masterpiece, but damn, I love this movie, and I've watched it so often I could practically recite the script. I'm like that, I could be like that with Barcelona, if only I could remember things. Sure. I could recite the script. Uh. 2000. So Pan's Labyrinth, he says, could just as easily have picked Devil's Backbone. See, I found that movie really disappointing, Devil's Backbone. One. Well, one the, I'm going to give it away because what the heck, it's an old movie now. And if you haven't seen it, folks, I'm sorry, but All here right. we go. Here it goes. It disappointed me because we had The Sixth Sense come out. Mm-hmm. Scary movie. Oh, but the ghosts are good. Mm-hmm. Then we had The Others come out with Nicole Kidman. Scary movie, but oh, the ghosts are good. Mm-hmm. Then we had The Devil's Backbone come out. <coughs> Scary movie, but oh, the ghosts are good. And I was just like, I am so sick of good ghosts in movies. That's why I was so happy when the ring came out. And I was like, oh, he's evil. <laughs> just evil. That's all I asked for. Very good. But uh, Del Toro moves so easily between the natural and the supernatural yeah. worlds that both seem equally real. Yeah, beautiful. Runner-up is Spirited Away. Mm, interesting. Spirited Away. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would okay. prefer uh, Pan's Labyrinth to Spirited Away, although they're similar in a way. Spirited Away, it, it's kind of too weirdish for me to... I don't feel I I don't feel any connection to it. Like I can watch it and enjoy it, but yeah. I don't feel like a deep. It's not like my neighbor Totoro, you know, or, or Kiki's Big Adventure, where I feel like a emotional connection. I'd say, to the I'd say I know Kiki's is probably still my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Totoro's amazing, just looks yeah. into that world. Uh, but yeah, like no Spirit Away as well is is enjoyable and gross. There's some gr- really gross stuff in there, uh, yeah. not in a bad way. But Pan's Labyrinth is a beautiful film. A sad film, like so, so very affecting, and it's not a movie that I ever want to see again. Like I, you know, I enjoyed mm-hmm. watching it, but okay. I, I have no, I have no desire to 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 go through it. I again. might watch it if I get, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you know, if if, if TV becomes like 8K or something, and my vision's still mm. good, you know, and I get like <laughs> an amazing copy of something, I might watch it for yeah. that because it seems like the kind of thing that would look beautiful sure. on there. What I like about Del Toro is that he he doesn't. You know, he just gets someone like like Doug Jones, yeah, to be 
a creature and it's real. It's a real creature, and it's even, it's more creepy that it's a human doing that than it, than it would be if oh, it was a, oh, a CGI thing. Well, uh, Doug Jones is now on that Star Trek Discovery, yes, that's right? right? Yeah, yeah. And and something <clears throat> I found kind of like oh was uh, he was doing something with his hands in one episode, and I went like, oh, it's the Pan's Labyrinth guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, clearly, because he does just this little move with his hands. Yeah. It's just so, uh, so uh, such a signature. Sure. You know? Well, he's in every... Oh, yeah. He's in every Del Toro film in some in some way, because he's just so... he's Yeah. He's so you use the guy. good. He's so odd. Like, you know, I really like him in um, Hellboy 2, where he's death. Or, I think it's death that Hellboy meets... And it's just like this woman wearing like a. I can sort of remember now, but it's okay. it's where he goes to the. I do really like Hellboy too. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not remembering this. And but. it's yeah, and he has to go to this. I think I'm pretty sure it's a woman. Okay. He has to talk to and and in order to get into the uh, into the elves thing into okay, their. Okay, all right. There's like uh, I can't remember now. It's That's all right. Been a while. I would watch that again on an H. Yeah, uh, I might. K. What's it? I would like to see that movie again. I. I I'm trying in the theater and I haven't seen it uh, since. 2010s, what the hell happened then? Why don't you tell me, Dave? Here we go, and I'm going to tell you that you're going to like this movie a lot. Can you guess what it is? One of your favorite films. Oh, uh, is it Scott Pilgrim? Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim versus To paraphrase the world. Kenneth Tynan, I don't think I could love anyone who doesn't love Scott Pilgrim. It's, it's probably my favorite movie. Runner-up Pride. I don't know what Pride is, sorry. Is it the first oh. half of Pride and Prejudice? Oh, yeah. I'm trying to remember what Pride was. Sorry, I, I'm not. That's I'm okay. It's not. That. It's a runner-up, so we don't have to pay attention yeah, to it. Yeah, to hell with it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. So uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Great. Uh, yeah, from from the from the very start, you know, in a you know uh, in a magical fairyland called Toronto. Yeah. And then you got like uh, who's the animator who did uh, Neighbors? Uh, Norman McLaren. Yeah, you got a real Norman McLaren kind of start to it. Mm-hmm. The music is. Music is great. Yeah. Each of the fights is great. I know you've said that you thought the trailer ruined it for you because it ruined too many jokes. There's too many trailers for it. Right. I, I felt like it was so densely packed with joke after joke after scene after scene mm-hmm. that it, the trailer couldn't ruin it for me because there's so much to it that it's uh, it's okay. And, yeah. I, and I love the message of it of like, you know, uh, true love isn't as important as self-respect because with self-respect, uh, you know, uh, you, you then... You know, you become a better person yourself and then can help others. You know, it's just, I, I also love like him confronting, you know, his negative self, you know, at the end, which he's been trying to avoid all his life. And, and he, he gets along with it. Yeah. And it's just, that's just so great to me. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, I like the book very much, but, uh, the movie was, uh, was better and just oh, so good. And such a love letter to Toronto. Mm. It's the most Canadian yeah. uh, thing in the world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The um, snow is a character. My advice, people who've seen that film and didn't enjoy it, is to watch it again. Because my one complaint about that film—it's not really a complaint—but my one feeling about that film is that it's so dense that it actually can become overwhelming, mm-hmm. and you'll get fatigued from it sometimes. Like it is—it's so much going on yeah. that you can get tired. And so by the time you get to like the the third act, you're starting to wear down. You're just like, okay, oh, so so much has happened. Like, yeah. let's can we take a break? Can something something not be happening? But but you know. Edgar Wright, for whatever reason, just cannot. No, he cannot not have something no. going on in his movies. He just has to. He doesn't waste time. He doesn't. Doesn't waste time. He just has no stretches of nothing. Like you know, like yeah. And he doesn't have something that's in there randomly. I don't, for I don't no think he reason. could enjoy a Tarkovsky, Tark, Tarkovsky film, for instance, which are vast amounts of nothing happening. Uh, Let's do a shout. That's out not a complaint. Shout out as well to Chris Evans. 
um, who is great in everything he damn well does. Yeah. You know, and in him is Lucas Lee in there. When you said that, I was thinking, the British DJ? But nope. yeah, no, Chris uh, Evans, the actor. Okay, yeah, as, Lu- as Lucas Lee mm-hmm. and just just uh, reading his, reading the text and it's like, that's actually hilarious. It's like, it's just a small little thing that's like, it's great. And then he's just like this smug piece of crap, but you yeah. just kind of like him and he's, he's the stunt crew and just like, and you just go, that's Captain America. But wait, it's also the Human Torch. But wait, it's also that guy over here. Wait, wait, he also is this guy over here. I like, he's just so, he's so good in everything. And it doesn't do the same thing twice. Mm-hmm. And you think like, as a good looking bit of business, you could just do the same thing twice and be a big, charming pile of uh you know uh what's his name chris pratt you could be that you know and just be kind of you know you're kind of the same guy in jurassic park as you are as star lord and you're that it's good enough and you're fine yeah but like no chris evans just gives it the extra (laughs) thing and uh yeah just such a great cast you know it's littered with people who went on to do amazing things afterwards like an aubrey plaza yeah you know and uh just oh, so good but people were sick of michael Sarah. unfortunately at that point there was a saturation point there that i think was reached with him yeah so people were like eh, i'm not good i'm not good on that uh but like, god damn it it probably is my favorite movie yeah i don't think it could have been made without michael Sarah because he was one who brought the money to it most likely uh-huh. but yeah you're right there's a lot of people in that film there's uh pitch perfect girls in it yeah and uh it's got um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's great in Ten Cloverfield Lane, uh, and uh, the woman who's going to be uh, Captain Marvel. What's her name? Brie Larson. Yeah, Brie Larson. And it's so, and it's funny because I didn't really know her very well, uh, and I was watching her in the in in the room or room, I should say, just room. Yeah, room. And don't confuse the two. Don't very confu- different. Please movies. don't confuse those two. Uh, yeah, I was watching her in that film, and as. And then I was watching. Then I was watching uh, Scott Pilgrim because I wanted. Wa- I was watching the commentary, and uh, and I was like, "Oh, that's Brie Larson playing that. She plays yeah. Envy Adams in the film, and she's so beautiful in that movie. Whereas in Room, obviously, she can't yeah. be because you know her circumstances. And it's just interesting to see an act, an actress, you know, inhabiting these two kind of different characters. So in such an interesting way, and it's fun to watch uh, the d- deleted scenes or bloopers and stuff like that, where she's having a lot of trouble standing on her giant heels. <laughs> it, keep, it keeps falling over when she's performing. Uh, yeah. It's um, yeah, she's in it, of course, and you got a great Beck soundtrack. Mm, yeah, it's and of course, um, I really don't like the Beck soundtrack. To be you honest don't? with you, no, because it's not Canadian. Mm. And I feel like there's so much great music. Like they should have Plum Tree in it. They should have Sloan in it. They should have okay. Well, they do the have the one, They do have the one Plum Tree song. You know. Yeah, but they should have like yeah. real statics. They should have like it should be more Toronto stuff in gotcha. there, more more Canadian music in there. I will give you that, okay. Because that's what it's celebrating as sure. well. And Beck has nothing the fuck to do with Toronto, really. Yeah. So get get back love, to L A. And I love the, Scientology boy. There's a scene with them eating a pizza at Pizza Pizza across mm. the street from Honest Ed's, which yes. isn't there anymore. Yeah, yeah. And it makes it even more magical now. Sure. Just like that was the Toronto. Only thing that could have made it better was to go by send the record man. Which they kind of do because they're in the record store yeah. with the CDs and they're looking at CDs. And that great way you would look at CDs with friends when you were a kid where you'd just be kind of like looking through stuff and talking at the same time. And, you know, oh, this is so great. Yeah. Who's uh, who's the girl who's in love with him that uh, he is not in love with? And I want to say Nails, but what is it? It's Knives Chow. Knives Chow. Uh, and now she's Helen. In, oh, I'm blanking on her name. But yeah. she's really good in Glow now. 
Yes, she is really good in Glow. Yeah. I haven't seen season two, everyone, because I felt like season one ended so perfectly. Oh, There's no need to have a sequel. But I, I would disagree. Because Ian has taught me that sequels are bad. So I just, I just stop it at the one. Okay, so. maybe. But uh, but I think, yeah, she did a really good job in, uh, in, in, in all that. Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah. Everyone. It's fun to see act- actresses or actors that uh, that you liked in something, you know, carry on carry on keep keep developing yeah keep keep being good um yeah that's a movie that's uh very exciting and also great fight sequences in it yeah and i don't know anything about video games so that all that stuff is lost to me but it's it's kind of fun yeah. anyway i guess may whitman's also good she's in the good girls you touched now. my boob yeah and by the way great in the duff which one of my oh i have one of my favorite yet. romantic comedies of the last and she's uh, in arrested development as the well. last teen the, during the teens along with michael Sarah. yes she plays her that girl her yeah the one you can't remember. Yeah, something hamburger, I think her name I is. I can't remember, sir. Uh, yes. Yeah, very good. Was there a backup movie for uh, the the Knots? Yeah, Pride. Oh, Pride, which we don't know. We don't know what it is. You know what I assume it is? Mm. Uh, I assume it's about lions. Let's say it's about lions. It's a sequel to The Lion King. And, and uh, then, mm. oh, it's probably something It's probably something really touching and whatever, and now I'm making fun of it, and that that's a dick move on my part. I think it's a six-hour version of Pride and Prejudice, and that's just the first part of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, the three-hour part, Pride. Well. Second, second half, Prejudice. And it has to be a summer movie. <laughs> it does? You know why? Why? Because Pride goeth before the fall. Anyway, everyone, thank you for listening oh, to Sneaky Dragon this week. Chris, yeah. thank you for sending in your... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, what? How did the Whoa, Kool-Aid guy get in yeah. here? <laughs> Who just smashed through a wall? That's right. <laughs> uh, everyone, because that's Pride... Because Kool-Aid cometh before the fall. Is that also another... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody... Thank you for listening to Sneaky Dragon this week. Thank you, Chris, for sending in your list of movies. Thanks, I really, Chris. really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. I'm liking the sort of different ways people are approaching this. So it's, right. it's cool. Um, we have some more coming. And you're welcome to send in your list. But how? But how? Now, Would they just deliver cow? it to your house? Please do. Send it by passenger pigeon to David Dedrick. David flies the coop. <laughs> uh, you can contact us on our message board like Chris did. He just left the comment there with his movies on it. Sounds good. If you want to look at them again, you can go to our message board and take a look at Chris's comments. Or you can leave a comment for us with your top 10 movies. We will look at them, examine them, uh, parse them out, and tell you why you're right and are wrong. Uh, you can also go contact us via email at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. We have a Facebook page, which is Sneaky Dragon. We also have Twitter, which is uh, Sneaky underscore Dragon. We are on Tumblr, and we're on Patreon, and that is, we're also on the Earth. Yeah, I also uh, got a couple of appearances coming up. If you're in Vancouver from the 12th to the 14th of October, yeah, I'm at Vancouver Fan Expo. 12th to the 14th. Yes, I will be at Vancouver okay. Fan Expo. Sure, that's uh, next week. Uh, I will be, yeah, I'll be doing that. I'll be selling some of my wares there. Uh, my friend Giselle Legacy, who I'm doing Exorcisters with, a yes. new comic by uh, image uh we'll be there and we'll have some ash cans of the first issue so oh, cool. uh come and pick one of those up and later that week on the 17th and 18th i'll be at the vancouver writers festival doing a couple of shows shows or talks both okay talks and shows shocks we'll just call them shocks and one of the fellas who's going to be there with me is Oh, this fellow who does this stuff. Is that Jeffrey, Jeffrey Brown? Brown? Jeffrey, Jeffrey Brown, Brown yeah. who's one of my favorite cartoonists, and I'm doing a panel uh, with him, and I'm very thrilled oh, that's about cool. that's that. That's very cool. Yeah, I'll be talking uh, talking some sparks. 
mm-hmm. uh, talking about other things I've been doing. And uh, there you go. And by the way, just we just got the second script, uh, the script to the second issue of Sparks uh, off. Uh, so we'll see what we happens. We did. I would, yeah. I would have to say he did. He did. Uh, <laughs> but Dave's part of the Sparks team. Dave is the colorist on Sparks. If you want to pick, and Nina Matsumoto is the artist. Uh, first yes. issue is still in, or first issue, first book is in stores uh, and has been for a while. Uh, and uh, thanks for buying it, those of you that have. We just got the numbers back, and they're nice. So thank you. Uh, and we're doing more. So thank you for that as well. So thanks for picking that stuff up. You're welcome. Yay. Everybody, you think us well, and uh, we'll be here next week. We will. It's true. Because we like, we're as regular as clockwork. We'll try and get some sleep between now and then. Yeah. We've gone crazy. There was a, th- there's a, p- see that bag over there? Yep. Uh, for a brief period of time, I thought that was a bunch of Jenga blocks. <laughs> I, I took a little, uh, wide awake, uh, Jeez. eyes open nap there. Yeah, and it was yeah. like, oh, there's a bunch of Jenga blocks. I should be careful because I might knock those over. Then I went, that doesn't make sense. Oh shit. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> I just fell asleep. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. I had, I had my. Try to try to guess when I fell asleep during the show. I was talking probably during it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've done it myself. Okay. It can happen. Yeah. I had my three and a half hours last night, so you know it's All not right. enough. Well, let's get you. Let's get you home because uh, you got to work in the morning. That's true. It's one fifteen, and I get up at five. Oh no! All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. I hope this recorded. Well, if it didn't, fuck it. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Let's make history. Mm -hmm. All right.